I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Everybody needs somebody to love You can't keep love lonely Cause being naive to it You can just lose it like that See kisses from bruises don't make you heal back It beats the sex appeal That's from the next stand Not necessarily the sex stand One might appeal to the intellect Having a greater effect on how they feel And stimulating, breaking down They shield for the real dead As it stands mysteriously Curiosity, it kills the cat fan <laughs> Offsets the mentally, so they're trapped in Behind these fantasies with no action Searching for a remedy Now she loves a man, but there is just a different type of chemistry Depends when her desire's on fire Quick gets the boost, another love's for high She said, it'll be good if you stay with me Oi, this is Trials and Tribs. It's all ad-libs and all breaking you a couple of ribs, yeah? Nay, what if I breaks the tail on the lizard? Is it going to grow back? It is, and you know that, yeah? But that ain't the case. Oi, look to the place. Capture. I call that and show that this. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Welcome to the Black Guy Tips Podcast with your host Rod and Karen. And we're back for another episode, episode 146, I believe. Wow, you know, baby, we're getting pretty old here. I didn't realize we was getting that old. Yeah, I'm not counting the episodes as years like you, but yeah, 146. <laughs> um, and of course, this is a special episode where we have uh, a guest with. Reputation. Yes. Yeah. We work with producers. So we gotta be careful. We can't destroy this man's <laughs> legacy. Okay. O- over a podcast. Oh. That's not what we do here. Okay. I, I understand before I, before the formal introduction. Um, actually, no, introduce me. Alright. Okay. Reputation. It, it, now, if you didn't recognize that accent or that voice, that's because he normally does not talk like that. No. But if you've heard the Morning Jones, you probably heard him before. Yes. Uh, that is the vocal stylings of Mr. Morgan P. Campbell, yes. where the P stands for pimping. Yes. And I was just letting the people out on Twitter know that, just in case they, you know, yes. listen and get surprised. I listened to his podcast, uh, All Balls Don't Bounce. Uh, the first episode, he had Will Strickland and Dwayne, and they were talking, and he said he didn't have a nickname. And I said, man, it, you you got the P. You just throw the uh, Morgan P. Campbell and the P is for a pugilist. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you just throw that in there. The P is for Pulitzer. Damn. <laughs> you got like a nickname. It's Bill well, I, a, I have an uncle named Kenneth B. Morgan. The B doesn't stand for anything. He was born. He didn't have a middle name. And he just decided he needed a middle initial. So he's about 17. He's like, I don't like Kenneth Morgan. I'm going to be Kenneth B. That was it. Kenny B, man. You can't, I'm yeah. telling you, you got the nickname already. But 
Go ahead and say uh, hello to everybody, Morgan. Oh, listen. Well, first of all, you, you, you talked about not wanting to ruin my reputation. You got to understand it. Um, if you knew my reputation, you'd understand that there's not much I can say on this show that can make my reputation worse than what it already is. So don't worry about that <laughs> at all. <laughs> and the second thing is this this it's like indicative of like how upside down the media world is now like i don't know how you guys felt like when y'all invited me to the show and i accepted you like holy morgan campbell the morgan campbell accepted an invitation to my show. now here i am like a a, a a sports reporter i work for the toronto stars the biggest newspaper in canada um i'm published like every day this is not to brag but this is to say this like i'm you know i, I do have a, a a pretty secure place in like real media and <laughs> i get an invite from a podcast like hey morgan can you do the podcast and i was like ecstatic i was ecstatic I was like, oh shoot i have arrived the black guy who tips want me on like damn man it's like from here and first take like that's it <laughs> well i tell you this you will be all over the world this is isn't just in canada we have people from Japan and China. Konnichiwa to y'all out there. Yeah, I actually saw we had a lot of downloads from Japan. And I was yes, like, Yes, we get hundreds of thousands in a month from them. Yeah, so I was you surprised. A traveling Canadian man. Yeah, who like they have important shit going on now. I don't know if they know this. No, but <laughs> shit is kind of dire right I now. I guess the black guy who tips take their minds off their issues. <laughs> I guess so. Yes. That must be it. They're trying to calculate their gr- gratuities for when they move over here to get away from uh, radiation or whatever it is. So, so if people want to reach Morgan, yes. there's all kinds of ways. Yes. Oh man! Okay, first of all, he's on Twitter. Yes, I'm on Morgan, Twitter. He's at Morgan P. Campbell. Yes. And where the P uh, for, wait, where the P stands for what? Camping. There we go. Yes, or in this case, the P stands for Potomatic because he also has a podcast. Yes, he does. On Potomatic, you can find it the All Balls Don't Bounce podcast through Potomatic. You can go on uh, iTunes to search for it, um, and you know he also has uh, AllBallsDon'tBounce dot com, so you can go check it there. That's on iTunes, guys. Yeah, and um, that I listened to the first show and I thought it was funny, man. I just couldn't believe they found three black people in Canada. <laughs> That All could in the record same together. area. I know, right? I was like, what? I really stop. I got to stop believing all these stereotypes. Yes, I thought that was far and few. Um, and then of course you can go to the star.com slash sports, uh, where he, like he said, he writes something. He's published almost every day. Um, now your your field of focus is it mainly baseball and boxing, or is it just everything, man? It's always changing. So I came back to the sports department because I've been in news for a while. Uh, I came back to the sports department about five years ago when I was a general assignment reporter. It was a really fun job uh, because I was able to kind of make it what I wanted it to be. Um, so, yeah, I got them to send me places. I did stories about whatever uh, whatever, whatever, whatever caught my interest, basically. Um, and then around 07, I started covering soccer because Toronto got a new soccer team. So I did that for a couple of years. And I covered baseball for a couple of years. And now I'm uh, back to being a general assignment reporter. Uh, but I've always done boxing and the fights because it's one of those sports that it's um, full of great characters and great action. If you're a really good writer, you, you, you kind of gravitate towards it. And a lot of really bad writers gravitate towards it, too, as a matter of fact. But um, <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's one of these things, too, that so many people think the sport is dead. That Like in any newsroom, uh, nobody ever wants to cover boxing. It's just like 
the broken down old toy over in the corner that nobody wants to take the time to fix and play with, right? So uh, I made that my baby because I love boxing anyway. I grew up loving boxing, so I do that. Um, yeah, and now I'm back to being kind of this uh, free safety. Um, you know, as the baseball season goes on, I'll do more baseball stories, but I'm not baseball so baseball centric anymore. I'm like this free safety, and whatever pops up, I just take a run at it, and that's what I do. Oh, okay, cool, man. Um, now let me do the business of our show real quick. Get this out the way. Of course, you can go to theblackgaltips.com, you know, and you can take click there. You can see we got donations, we have forums, we have a blog post, we have all kinds of shit that you can get into. Over there at theblackouttips.com. You can even do recurring donations now where you can just set it, forget it, it'll come out every month. You'll get an yes, email sir. that'll tell you, like, hey, you're about to give five dollars to ride and care. And you go, Oh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um and you can always leave comments for the show on iTunes, Facebook, and Podomatic. Just search for the Black Guy Who Tips on any of those sites and we will come up and we do uh, a feedback show every Saturday. Saturday. Yes. Um uh, where we uh basically talk to our fans and let them have their voices heard on the show and uh you know, we really enjoy that show. Uh we just did one yesterday for Karen's birthday. Yes. Happy um, birthday, Karen. Thank you. And <laughs> <laughs> I said 22. I had 10 years to that. <laughs> I was so to me because I just stopped it. I've been 26 for a few years now, so I just stopped. <laughs> it's I like, just, go ahead. It's like when people will be like, oh man, you have another birthday? Are you sad? I'm like, well, you know the other choice is to die, right? Yeah, and that's my philosophy too. So I know a lot of women are scared. I am proud of my age because the older I get, the more I don't give a damn. So I was happy. <laughs> Well, here's the reason I stopped counting at 26, right? Because I figure you only have, like, as you're younger, you know, you have a bunch of positive birthdays because with every year of age, you know, you gain some rights and some privileges. So you're 18, you can vote. You're 19, you can drink in some states. You're 21, you can drink in every state. Uh, 26, the car insurance generally goes down. Between 26 and 65, you don't get a whole lot of perks that you weren't going to get before. What you get is judged for being as old as you are, right? Right. Um, so I figured I'll just stop celebrating until 65, because at 65, uh, I'll start up the count again, because at 65, I get the seniors discount for stuff, and it kicks in. Well, what about, in uh, what about the age where you can run for president officially? What do you have to be, 35? I don't know. No, 35, 45, <laughs> around now. You... Oh, you know I, what? I'm American. I don't keep up with that shit. I'm ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> Political system. Yeah, How many right. parties is it? Twelve? I don't know. Anyway, I think I think I think you got to be um, thirty-five. Now, I wonder if I can run for president because I, I one of these years I'll be old enough. I am an American citizen, but I was born outside the United States. I don't so, think you can be president because you black, and then they will start all kinds of questions about your citizenship, man. Yes. You see how they Are fucking with Obama? <laughs> I, I heard he was born in a foreign country. Yeah, it's like it'll be like, oh, he's Canadian. There's no way, no way. Um, I don't know. By that time, y'all might be owning us. I don't know what America. It's gonna go the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are running the UN strikes on Libya. You gotta understand about Canada. This is the thing you gotta understand about Canada is that Canada is this giant country. Okay, it's this huge country, but there, it's very sparsely populated. There are more. black people in the united states than there are people in canada okay right so it's got this this massive country with this tiny uh armed forces and like this huge vast amount of natural resources like oil um minerals uh fresh water um 
so every time I see one of these reports, like coming, especially coming out of the Southwest, talking about nobody has water, I know it's like a matter of time because I know people in Arizona, Nevada, Utah are just licking their lips, um, <laughs> looking at Canada. It's only a matter of who's going to defend Canada. Who? There's only 30 million people in this whole country, and half of them are old. Yeah, I don't even feel like we would have to take Canada's resources. I feel like y'all would give them up, man. Yo, well, that's the other thing too. You could, because Canadians try to be so friendly. Um, you wouldn't have to ask as much as uh, insist. You ask one time, hey, can we have all your water and all your gasoline? Well, I don't know about that. It's uh, we, uh, we need that. And then you know, if Obama said, look, whoever the prime minister is, look, Ignatiev, because we're in the midst of a election up here. Like, look, Ignatiev, I ain't asking this time. Give it up. Oh, okay, have it. <laughs> that would be that. Uh, that's all it would take. Now, I hope nobody, like, comes to arrest me for giving away state secrets to me about how easy Which y'all send them down on the, on the Mounties with the, with the red coats and the white horses, just trim the church water down like that? Well, that is, this is one of the things that really bothers me about Canada, is that, uh, you know, anytime there's some type of ceremony and other people from other countries are here looking at Canada, they bring out the Mounties on the horses with the red coats. And this is what feeds like the, the, the misconception that these are actually the police that you see. Like before my parents, my parents are from Chicago, but before they moved to Toronto, that's what they thought. They thought the cops that you saw were the dudes with the big pants and the um the red coats and the horses. And it's yes, not. Yes. Canada got regular cops just like anybody else, but there's this perception. This is the guy that's gonna come give you a parking ticket is the dude with the <laughs> coat. And that's not it at all. Yeah, I don't believe that shit anyway. I never believe that, man. Cops wouldn't roll like that. Um, <clears throat> also, of course, uh, speaking of the feedback show, okay, you can email us, theblackoutters at gmail.com. Yes, you can. And, of course, you can call the show, 704-557-0186. Yes. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rodimus Prime. I'm Say That Again, that S-N-D-A-T. And Morgan is, like I said, Morgan P. Campbell. The P stands for what? Pimpin'. Know it. <laughs> now, uh, the official weapon of the show is the taser, and the unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme. Yes, sir. And today's show is actually sponsored again. Cool. I don't know how we keep this streak going, but it's going. Uh, Shadow Dog Productions is sponsoring us, and they would like to remind you that they're on iTunes. Yes. I think a lot of times people forget that they're on iTunes because I send them links straight to their website. Yes. But they are on iTunes. All you have to do is search iTunes for Shadow Dog Productions and you find dramatic and comedic audio plays and pretty soon they're going to start putting out old, their older movies on there. Cool. Yeah. And you can always find them at, of course, ShadowDogProductions.com. Now, I say that to say this. We have a lot of reviews right we got yes. 50 reviews officially now yes you know i looked at my iphone the other day i just took a picture of it and posted it on our facebook page like yes 50 um we have arrived yeah i'm gonna we'll push for more eventually i'm sure but still it feels good to reach a goal um so they're in pre-production for a big budget short film and if you're a musical or graphic artist now is the time to drop them an email, shadowdogproductions at gmail.com. Uh, and you can send them your demos, your website links, your resumes, 
they're looking for music and art. You know, we have a lot of people who listen to the show and they're always looking for a way on, a way to yeah. get in, a way to get their art heard, a way to get their music heard. Yes, guys. You know, you can't be a pussy about this. Reach no. out to Shadow Dog Productions at Gmail. And and at, you know submit your shit. The worst they can say is no. That's right. That's you know? what they can say. And be confident in your shit, especially if you know you're very good at it. Send that shit out. Yeah, send it to him, man. And the thing with Dex is, you never know what type of music he's look, looking for. That's right. What type of artist he's looking All for. Kinds. Send him everything, y'all. Yeah. So if you you know if you're an artist, reach out to him. And also, if you're on iTunes. Maybe you leave them a review. That's right. You left us reviews, and I appreciate it. Yes. But another way to help the show out would be to give them a review. That's right. I don't know if they have a review, and I'm telling you right now, when we get off this phone, that's the first thing I'm going to do is submit a review from us. Cool. So um, just make sure you guys do that. ShadowDollProductions at gmail.com. Email them. And like I said, search for ShadowDollProductions on iTunes. Leave them a review, a five-star rating. You know, I'm, su- I'm assuming they have the same rule as us. Only the five star ratings count. Only. <laughs> so if you got, you know, if you, there's a four star rating mixed in, boo. Four and a half, we ain't taking that either. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, alright, man. So that's all the business part of the show, y'all. And, and before you mm-hmm. go on, I wanted to say this. I was kind of nervous having Morgan P. Campbell on where the P stands for pimping. pimping. Mm-hmm. I was kind of nervous having him on, you know, because he see all big time and stuff. And Roger always picks on me. Well, now I can take off my, my coat. I, I, I was covered up, but now I can take off my coat and show all my racism. <laughs> you know, to be honest, I only worry about, like, I worry more about our guests than they do. Like when they like when people say yes to us, I'm like, oh man, I don't do know. Oh, you know, do you know what you're really yeah. stepping into? Like I remember, remember we had Ed the sports fan on, and I was like, hey man, you don't have to curse. He's like, no nah, man, I'm finally free on this motherfucker or something. I was like, okay, okay. okay. Well, that, that's what I was thinking too. I was, and the thing is, I was like, I hope to God they don't introduce me, uh, you know, in my capacity as a reporter for the Toronto Star, that I can say whatever the I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's this big time reporter. He was for the Toronto Star. I'm like, thanks. Now I gotta behave. Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to. I mean, the thing is, I don't ever want it to become the secret Morgan Campbell podcast where somebody looks it up and they're like, did you know he got fired over a podcast? Yes. <laughs> as, as I said to you online, Rod, if any of my bosses are listening to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast, we're all in trouble already. <laughs> the world's in trouble. If my bosses at the start sitting here listening to this. I would love if, uh, like, his boss brought him in on, like, Monday. It's like, so, you think we all eat cheese, huh? <laughs> Is that what you think, Morgan? That's what you think? Don't yes. think. I know you've been hanging out with. Yes, you think we all have snow bunnies? Is that what you think, Morgan? <laughs> all right, let's get into some... Uh, actually, I did have two questions for Morgan. Um, I, I solicited our audience for questions if they wanted to. We did not get a lot of questions. Um, surprise, and- surprise. As famous as I am, you guys need a lot of questions. <laughs> I think what it is is that um we don't really interview people on the show. No. So well, everybody was like, questions? That's Rod's job. Yeah, yeah, they're like, he'll come up with something to ask him. Well, I told um, you about the questions I usually get, right? No. Nah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw. Why are you so uppity? <laughs> the hell did you not touch your hair? <laughs> did you get a relaxer? Yeah. Um, going to eat all of that? These are the questions I usually get. Well, I have, I have, I do have a question, man. This bothers me, but I don't know uh, as a journalist if it bothers you at all. How do you feel about video journalism on websites? Like, uh, I went to CNN today, 
looking because I'm always looking up stories for you know the show every day and uh, trying to find something interesting. And there's this one great headline. I can't remember what it was. It was something ridiculous, like old lady tackles burglar or something like <laughs> something like 75 year old lady, you know, show uh stiff arms this burglar or something. Whoops and whoops with a cane. Yeah. So I go to click on it like, oh, I can't wait to read this, and it's a video. It's not of her beating him up. No, it's just a video news report. And there's no actual writing to it. Like, there's no actual written piece uh, that supports the video. So, I, I, even, even if I wanted to read it, I couldn't. Now, is that just lazy on the part of CNN? Or is that um, just, hey, it's new technology and from now on, you're just not going to see, uh, you know, written journalism with, with every story. What do you think about that, Morgan? Um... And, and not to get not to bore your readers too too much with your readers listen to me <laughs> <laughs> not to bore your listeners too much with like the details of, of you know the rapid evolution of of you know the, the journalism industry but say 15 10 15 years ago 12 15 years ago um you know the internet was essentially a print medium right you didn't get a whole lot of video online just because the, the, the technology didn't make it simple like you had to wait for so long for videos to download and the videos are so short they took up so much space on your hard, hard drive um you know but as this, as this technology becomes more advanced uh the web and people you know running web journalism realize hey you know what you look at um you take in media through your computer through a screen which looks suspiciously like your television screen so why don't we just put more video on there and you see that's what's happening like there's video uh where i work at the star um i do videos every week about mixed martial arts there's another plug if you guys get a chance go to my um video series at the star you can see me getting choked out body slammed uh by all mixed martial artists yeah but um but this is what happens and it's um it's not that the written word is going to die off the internet but again as video becomes easier uh to post and and easier to view um you're going to see more of that and the other thing about video is that uh you can stick the ad in there you know before the actual video starts and you have a captive audience for this ad that's paying for all of that whereas if i stick an ad in the side of um you know a print piece online there's no guarantee that's uh there's no guarantee that the reader is actually going to stop and ever look at that ad whereas you know if i put it if i put a 15 second ad in front of this old lady beats up the burglar video you got to watch the ad so you can see the old lady beat up the, bur- the burglar so there's 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 a technology uh, motive behind it but also um you know, a cost and advertising incentive behind it. And give me like two seconds. There's something burning. I think I left something on the burner in the luxurious. <laughs> All right, take your time, man. Strangely, oh. strangely, you know, the help, you know, the maid has not come to, uh, you know, <laughs> like that. I'm Morgan Pimp and Campbell. Strangely, it's not, hasn't happened. So I'm going to have to go do this myself. And yeah, go, 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 go yeah, see okay. the house and burn it down. It's fine. We, we got this for the next It's couple. a long way. It's like a quarter mile down the hall. Such a yeah. my penthouse, right? Take your time. We got this, man. So, Karen, what do you think about the video journalism and, you know, how it's taken over? And when you said that, you made me think. It's, I don't think it's the media. I think it's more of people's, um, the audience has changed. Mm-hmm. Now people tweet, so everybody wants everything within 140 characters. You have Facebook. Everybody wants everything instant. You have these media where nobody wants to take the time to read. Everybody wants an instant. I want it now. And a, people, a lot of people just don't like reading. Right. And they have to almost dumb it down because all jokes aside, most people are dumber nowadays. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but but we don't really like to think. We don't really like to have long conversations with people anymore. Everything is just really short. 
and to the point and I think that because it's quicker and it's faster and it's this time uh, so that's why I think it so it's like a one click story you just click the link and then you play the story and yes. people are more uh, easily entertained by that yes because a lot of people rather have something move in front of their eyes than to actually read and also right. I think that excuse me like he was saying um, you have to watch commercials but at the same time I commute that like right. like okay yeah I commercial pop up but I you, you, you're obligating me to look at it but you're not obligating me to hear it Right, you so know, you might just mute that, or yeah, or we yeah. Just, some some of them have I have it where you can skip past it. So you know, it's sad, but they're gonna have to find other ways and other means to make revenue uh, by advertising, which can right. be easy easier said than done. I mean, you can't DVR, but pretty soon, you know, you'll be able to just bypass that, skip over that stuff like you can just the regular uh, DVR. Because I love DVR because I was fast for bad fast. That shit is sick. Yeah. Okay. So just, just, just as an update, um, I did I did find the source of the smoke. Okay. Uh, I have a very sensitive smoke alarm in here, so if my smoke alarm, you know, because this is a, a, a very valuable, um, luxurious penthouse, right? So I gotta have high tech security. So if the smoke alarm goes off in the middle of your podcast. I'm sorry, but I think I got it quelled. But to Karen's point, here's the other thing about online journalism now mm-hmm. is that um, well, one one online is like uh, it's the one place. Where all the different media compete, okay, and all the media are one media. It's online. Um, so, like in my day-to-day job, um, I don't necessarily compete with the TV guys. I write for the newspaper; they do reports for TV. But online, we're all online. We all have a print element. We all have um, a, uh, a video element. But the other thing about online journalism too, and this is kind of where CNN fits in. And even I'm about to reveal one of the big secrets, okay of uh, contemporary newspaper online journalism is that it's a big uh, click grab okay so what happens you know at the star uh, is that you just kind of every day you, you, you try to find whatever video um, is going viral right you find it on YouTube so it's uh, there's one about um, the penguin that had that the, the walked down the, the aisle of the, of the plane did you guys see that story no <laughs> So this is, and this qualified as news because somebody got it on 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 video um, and posted it on YouTube, right? Penguin walks down aisle of plane. So suddenly this is a news story. I don't know why, but it's only a news story because the video goes viral, right? So you just get some reporter to write eight lines about it. Yeah, so and so from New Rochelle, New York, saw a penguin walking down the aisle of his plane because the video is going viral. You write a story about it, you throw it up on your website just because you're hoping to siphon some of this traffic. Right, all these people looking for this video clip. It's a big click grab, and I, I personally like don't put much faith in it. It's not going to save newspapers, but this is what people are doing. This is another reason why videos, wherever they come from, uh, just pop up on all these news sites and all these newspaper sites. Uh, well, the desperate ones, anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, I always wondered about that. Um, now, okay, what about the like? Somebody asked this question. What is the most interesting slash memorable interview you've ever done? That's a tough question, man. Yeah, that seems like kind of a typical question. Like, I normally don't ask that, but hey, a fan wanted to know something like that. So I, I just thought I'd throw it out there to you if uh, you have anyone that uh, comes to mind. That is a really tough question. I think... Um I think 
a lot of people think because you're a sports reporter, you know, and you wind up talking to people who have like varying degrees of fame, that a lot of the the interviews are interesting. But like you guys are seeing these people on on Sports Center, like a lot of these cats is boring. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you guys are boring. You talk to them, they're like, especially like, and not this is not to blame baseball players. Even baseball, it's 162 games. You're out there every day, every day, every day. So you don't um, necessarily have a chance. Like you're asking them the same things every day. You know, and there's not a lot of opportunities to get them to say something different because you're out there every day. Um, you know, it was a, the best interview um, was Dusty Baker, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because most of his interview, like most of the one, Dusty Baker is like the coolest guy in baseball, and he's the most real guy in baseball. He's the most genuine guy in baseball. Um, and, and he gets it, and he plays the game up to a certain point, but at the same time, um, he's really, really, really really genuine um so he's a guy too like if you're if you're interviewing him about whatever like if there's say you know obviously you know race is an issue because this guy is african-american manager in in cincinnati um you know he's not going to shy away from these issues uh in the interview but then like once the tape recorders off you know he's a dude he'll be like yo meet me at the lounge and i'll tell you what's really happening mm-hmm. and dusty baker you know a lot of people um think that uh clay davis uh, invented the word shit. You know what I mean? They think nobody ever said that before he did. Yeah, like, shit. Yes. Even though all of us got uncles and whoever that talk just like that. Um, Dusty Baker, he unleashed like an epic one on me in Cincinnati. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to him. Um, and you gotta understand, like from his perspective, when you're when you're when you're the manager of a major league baseball team, your brothers, like, you don't see. Hey, there's hardly any brothers like in the locker room. You know. Let alone in the press box. So it's for him to see a black reporter, he's like, "Whoa, okay." So me and him start talking. Um, I'm from Toronto. He's good friends with Cito Gaston, who managed Toronto last year. It's cool. So we have this, you know, pretty quick rapport. So then he's like, "Okay, well, meet me after the game, man. We'll hit this lounge. We'll get a drink, and I'll, I'll fill you in more on just what's going on." So okay, cool. But because um, I wasn't dressed up, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I'm not really dressed to go out right after the game." Jesse he said, "She." <laughs> to what town you're in? I was like, yeah, you're right. We're in Cincinnati. <laughs> and I went out. So he was—he is probably the most uh, interesting person. Yeah, like I said, the, the interviews don't always stand out. Um, but he's the most probably the most interesting person I've talked to uh, in recent memory by far. All right. Um. All right. I, another question I have is um. Well, actually, it's, it's to add on to that. Um. I think a lot of times athletes are prepared for the media in a bad way like they know they don't want to reveal too much or stand out too much because it's like if you say the wrong shit you're on the news and it's normally when an athlete leaves the news it's for the wrong shit like yes it's for something he shouldn't have yeah, said it's never for something all the time that everybody just has something to ignore right so if you well, are yeah, 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 sure you know so if you say something like well everybody wants to see the heat lose even if that is uh, true to some extent or you can figure a way out to where, you know, you can extrapolate the logic of that and go, okay, you guys do have three of the lowest Q scores in the NBA on the same <laughs> roster. That is probably true. People would like to see you lose. But that's going to lead the news not in a good way. It's going to be like Dwayne Wade's a bitch as the title on <laughs> the New York Post or whatever. So, like, I can kind of understand why they would be a little protective of their point of view. Yeah, after a while, people, especially in the daily environments, people become very, 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 very guarded um, about what they say. 
and it's just this constant dance because um you know reporters get mad at athletes for just kind of spouting these cliches a lot of times you know you ask these questions that really only lead to cliches um yeah and a lot of times again people you're exactly right people are never rewarded uh, for saying something really smart and really insightful but they are quickly and 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 severely punished for saying something stupid or or ignorant or hateful and how does that work like you're doing a post-game interview with some guy right he says something that you know this shit was inflammatory just completely out of place this is going to be the headline for your story tomorrow do you tip your hat then like dude you just fucked up or is it just like all right let me just play this cool and as soon as this dude is gone i'm about to write this story it depends. Go ahead, Karen. I said no. You just hit send button. This, this, yeah. it. <laughs> it depends. It depends on the person, on the circumstance, what they have at stake. Uh, the one time that really happened with with me, but it happened with a bunch of us at the same time, was with Cito Gaston, the former manager of the Blue Jays. Uh, 2009, towards the end of spring training, is when uh, one of these Roger Clemens books came out. Mm-hmm. And um, and I guess there was a passage in it, kind of Rogers like criticizing his time in Toronto. Um, and this was too. This was towards the end of spring training. Everybody's like uh, enjoying the sun and not necessarily eager to get back to Toronto where it's cold. But at the same time, it's been like a six week grind, like every day, you know, trying to spin new stories out of this. This is like the second last day of spring training. Um, it's kind of like it's 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 slow. There's not a lot of stories because you've already written about every guy that's there. Um, you know, we're talking to Cito Gaston before before this game against the Detroit Tigers. And um, he's just there, and it's just one of these kind of boring back and forth. Yeah, I think our pitch is looking real good. Yeah, you know, we're going to hit some home runs this year. Like that. And then somebody asked him about the Roger Clemens book, and it was a very similar... Now, I don't know if he, I don't know if he said it, but he might as well have said it. He might as well have said shit, because that was... <laughs> Roger Clemens' name is Cito Gassi. He's like, shit. And he just goes off. He's like, Roger Clemens is an asshole. He's a major asshole. He was then. He is now. I never liked him. Blah, blah, blah. He's not a good teammate. He wanted everybody's support, but he didn't want to support anybody else. He wasn't playing. He wasn't at the ballpark. He's out playing golf. Blah, 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 blah. I don't care. And he just went off on Roger Clemens, right? So then, right there, like, whoa, okay, spring training just got got a boost of energy to get us through the last uh, weekend. So everybody goes back and writes a story about Cito ripping Roger Clemens, you know, and everyone's trying to get in touch with Roger Clemens to get his side of the story. Of course, he's ducking. He doesn't want to deal with the media. Um, You know, so that was the story. But Cito was in a position where, like, he he didn't care. You know what I mean? That's like Cito, his second time around as manager, he didn't care. He had so much will around him. Nobody's going to fire him. And, like, there's nothing a reporter they can say is going to get Cito Gaston in trouble with his boss. You know what I mean? Plus, he's saying something inflammatory about Roger Clemens. Um, and nobody really cares if you say something bad about Roger Clemens. That's actually encouraged, probably, in a lot of quarters. Uh, you know, and it, it would have been a different... A different um, would have been a different reaction if he'd said something bad about Derek Jeter, right? Because... You know, 15 years ago, maybe people didn't know Roger Clemens is an asshole, but they know it now. Derek Jeter might be an asshole, but nobody knows it. Um, so it's one thing to confirm everybody's suspicion that Roger Clemens is an asshole. It's another thing to reveal what hasn't been revealed that Derek Jeter or whoever actually is an asshole. And I, I have two questions for you. My first one, back to some of the uh, media stuff we were talking about before. Um, how do you feel about uh, a lot of like media outlets giving things free and charging? You know, what do you mean? like 
you know how some content when you go online is free like you mm-hmm. tell me about the freemium and the freemium. other content mm-hmm. they charge for like what, what determines what's free and what they charge for oh so you mean like ESPN Insider how you can go on ESPN and say you can click on uh, uh, Kobe uh, says Phil Jackson is a jerk alright cool yeah. that's free but then if it says something like uh, is there inner turmoil on the Lakers <laughs> click on Insider yeah, and then you had to click on that shit. Right. Um, I'm nowhere near high enough. High. I'm nowhere near high enough on uh, the journalism food chain to uh, decide what's free and what's not. Like I just, uh, you know, I follow my stories and I duck and I hope the uh, machete doesn't catch me in the neck. You know what I mean? That's me every night. I don't. Uh, I don't make those decisions, but at the same time, it's one of these things that. Uh, when newspapers went online, and David Simon, who wrote The Wire, so like our fourth Wire reference already, uh, had this um, essay in Esquire about three years ago. It's called The Newspaper Can't Love You Back. Um, and it you know, chronicled how he was working for the Baltimore Sun and how just like step by step, you know, the paper got more and more desperate to remain relevant. But like every measure it took to remain relevant actually made it more irrelevant and it made it tougher and tougher for someone like him who actually wanted to do good work to work there. Uh, but one of the things he said, and I completely agree with him, is that when newspapers first went online, they thought that the internet was advertising for the product when the internet actually was the product. Okay, mm. so we got people, you know, so every newspaper, then they just went online for free. Here's our entire edition. Here's everything we published today, all for you online for free. Because in 1995, 96, they thought, well, if you read some of it online, you would go then buy the paper. Um, but now people are like, why would I pay? to subscribe to the paper and I can get it all for free right here um, and newspapers are like struggling you know an insider is part of it because an insider too is uh, you get the insider when you subscribe to ESPN the magazine or you get ESPN the magazine when you subscribe to insider so they, they package some things to other things that you might want to make paying for online content uh, more palatable um, but I don't I don't know how you get people to start paying consistently when there's so many places to get it for free. And it's one of these things, too. If you had uh, trained people from the beginning, you know, to pay for, for news content online, they would do it. Just like people don't people pay 10 cents per text message and don't even think twice about it. You know what I mean? Well, what's more useful to you? What's where, where you get more information from a, a text message that you spent 10 cents to send or a newspaper? But people don't think twice about spending money to send text messages, but you ask them to pay, you know, for news content online and they look at you like you're nuts. Uh, but this is again, this is a, this is a mistake the newspaper industry made. And just not training people um, to, to pay for the content in the first place, because 15 years ago, they didn't realize uh, that, you know, that was the actual commodity. Right. That's true. That's true. And then and another question I have, I know you went to school and spent a lot of years in college and you've been. Uh, a lot. I, I spent four a lot. I wasn't. A, I wasn't one of those. I, I got through a lot. Listen, <laughs> there are people that you know that were there when I got there, and were there after I left, and were there when the younger guys I knew were finally leaving. There are those guys. I wasn't one of them. My question to you is like, how do you feel about we were talking about the videos and things like that, where people come and they make this stuff and they don't have any history in journalism? Because I know you love your art. It's a craft. You know, you take the time to do it properly, and then you have people that come along and they kind of mess up the journalism game, and everybody expects that to be journalism versus good writing. Yeah, newspaper people—they always 
like, had this beef, you know, with blogs and with citizen journalism. One, the reason why, uh, the reason that, that, that networks and people like CNN, the reason why citizen journalism, uh, as co-opted by the bigger networks has become so popular is because it's cheap. Why would you pay me? Like, if I go do a video, you got to pay me. Okay, but if I say, hey, everybody, send me your videos, I got all this stuff I can put on my website and I can fill airtime. And you did all the work and assume the cost. You right. bought the microphone, you bought the camera, I didn't pay for any of that. You know, if you got hit by a truck while trying to film some guy out there, I ain't gotta pay for your hospital bill, go citizen journalists, go do some work. Um, and I don't necessarily mind it, because again, the, the, the you know, a lot of newspaper people had this really big beef uh, with blogs, um, and the fact is, like, information is information. It's like food. Like, you, you can tell people, oh, you shouldn't um, blog yourself, or other people don't read their blogs because they're not professionals. That's like the restaurant saying, well, don't cook food at home, only come here. Like, right, the restaurants right. aren't going to go out of business because I can cook at home. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's, it's also, I think, uh, it, it's about lowering uh, standards, journalistic standards, like. A lot of times, a lot of these freelance blogs and things like that, sometimes, uh, I, you know, not to name any specific sites, but I'll see, you know, someone post a story on Twitter or some rumor or something that, you know, you just know that's not as substantiated as... Or legit. At, right, as, as something that uh, would come from a newspaper or come from a reputable source. But over the years, I've seen um, major newspapers and major news organizations kind of lower their standards to get yes. the sensationalistic story out there so instead yes. of you know so instead of just saying okay this rumor is only on blank website it's become well blank website is reporting this rumor and it's on you know a major yeah. uh subsidiary yeah, and a news. lot of people and it's amazing how many people have got away for what they teach you in school who what when where why and how mm-hmm. like they drill this into you of the questions that you need to ask and right. now you know because you know like with the story with tiger woods you know uh, uh, a, a place that everybody joked at a few years ago is yeah, now TMZ. Sudden, yeah tmz is now all of a sudden a replicable company. yeah it's a, it's a yeah. reputable source uh well, that's michael jackson as well um it's, now I, I i will name a couple sites mm-hmm. right well like the bleacher report right is atrocious and examiner.com is equally atrocious uh, and what happens too is like if I'm out at an event and I'm talking to different um, people, um, they're like, you know, you, you, you meet the different reporters because you know, these people get credentials. You find out where they're from. Yeah, I'm from the Globe and Mail. I'm from the New York Times. Like, yeah, yeah, I cover uh, boxing for, uh, oh, really? For who? For the Examiner? Oh. Right. You do that. And conversation done. But, um, cause, and, and this is what happens, and this is, this is part of the problem. Is that um, because citizen journalism, and, and I'm not going to discourage citizen journalism, right? Because it's very democratic. Like in 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 the United States, you have you know a First Amendment that guarantees free speech and a free press. Anybody can do it. Um, so I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not going to downgrade it uh, per se. But I think people need to recognize the difference, you know, because like what's dangerous is when. Again, when you have sites like the Bleacher Reporter, like Examiner, that look like legitimate news sources, but the person is writing, you know, has no training and no news sense. But now this person um, thinks that he's a journalist. Okay, he thinks he's a journalist. He's not just the guy writing. 
Um, a lot of people think they can write, but you know, very few people can do it really well. But this guy, because the Bleacher Report and put him on, and he's got a, he's he might be posting under a pseudonym, like any 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 outlet lets you post under a pseudonym, the suspect. Um, but he really thinks, um, you know, he really thinks he's a journalist. This would be like if uh, the NBA just had open tryouts. You know, when all the players are playing, <laughs> like every dude from the YMCA that like, right. like I get buckets at my local Y. Okay, right. go try out for the Sixers. Exactly, but you know, this is like, yeah, or if you're at your local Y, but you happen to show up, um, uh, you happen to show up in the Jose Calderon jersey. So you're like, okay, I'm on the Raptors. Like, why? Well, because I got a jersey that says so. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this, this is the same thing. But I think, yeah. But the the danger is now people see how popular this type of, of citizen journalism is fine that's fine it can it can go do what it does but i think when when real journalists trained journalists professional journalists and most importantly like the people that make the decisions for the journalists start deciding that they want to make what we do more like what they do then we're in trouble like where i work you know we do videos at the star but you won't see me um like with an iReport video where I just turn on my Macintosh and I'm just talking into the into the into the camera about what I think about what happened. I'm like, why would I do that? Like, why would I? This would be like going to the restaurant and instead of getting real food, you get you get like your mom's hamburger with the bell peppers and stuff in it. <laughs> I can get that at home. Now don't knock my mom's hamburgers though. I'm just saying, <laughs> shit's good, son. Um, I do have, and the other thing I want to say about that too is. Um, I think a lot of it comes from the rise of uh, sports radio um, because uh, there's like a symbiotic relationship with these blogs and these places that post sensationalistic stories because it gives you some shit to talk about every day. And, you know, if there was a slow day and, you know, you just the grind is getting crazy, you can either talk about, you know, the NCAA tournament for the 57th time in a row or you can talk about the Celtics or whatever story you're just so fucking tired of as a as a sports radio host or you know uh the, the pro football dot, dot, uh, talk weekly or whatever is posting uh steve smith uh hates his quarterback now there's no you know maybe they don't have any real way to substantiate it and everything's from a source of a source or somebody that you know overheard one time at practice you know why, but, why would they just say my baby cousin mama uncle <laughs> just go ahead well, and like whatever it is like it's kind of like sports gossip you know yes it is but whatever whatever it is it's like if you can make a segment or an hour or call that guy and get you know mike florio on the phone or whatever yeah. and do like a segment with him I really do find that that's what a lot of people are just doing, where they're just like, let's just talk about it, even if it's not true. And if it's proven untrue, tomorrow, you just don't talk about it. Like, they don't ever go back and say, my bad. Like, I remember, uh, for a perfect example of this story, and this this is one of the ones that pissed me off. I don't actually fuck with pro football talk that much because of this. Um, They put a story up that Donovan McNabb was pissed, pissed, highly upset, that the Eagles went out and got Michael Vick. Okay. Okay, that was the second that they reported that Michael Vick was on the Eagles. Right. Then, Donovan McNabb at halftime says, yes, we got Michael Vick, and he's like, celebrating. So then the story changed to, uh, first it was Donovan McNabb didn't even know. Then it was, well, Donovan McNabb knows, and, but he, but, or he was informed, but he didn't, he wasn't instrumental in getting him. 
Then at the end of the day, when Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb sat next to each other, and they basically said, Donovan McNabb convinced us to take a risk on Michael Vick. He was instrumental in us doing this. We would not have done this if not for Donovan McNabb wanting Michael Vick. Then the story got taken down. And I was so fucking mad because that was what was going to lead every... Luckily, it got squashed that night. But I'm an Eagles fan. That would have led every fucking show the next morning. It would have been Donovan McNabb's heart is, is completely been backstabbed and... Uh, Michael Vick is a horrible human being that no one wants on his team. Wow. What, well, what happens is, uh, understand, the dominant fear, the do- or the dominant emotion in any newsroom, this goes for, for, for newspapers, TV stations, um, online, real news people, fake news people, the dominant emotion is fear, right? Everybody's scared somebody's going to have something else. Everybody's scared to be wrong. Um, so now if I just go, I can go make up something tomorrow, right? I can make up something tomorrow. Um, Raptors sign point guard Roderick Morrow for $12. You know what I mean? And because it comes from me, I can put it on Twitter. That makes it true. Everybody now is scared. Like, yo, how the hell did this guy get this scoop when we don't have it? The Stars is going to have something about this new mysterious uh, point guard, um, and, and we're not going to have it. But they, they can't find anything about it, so now they, because they don't want to be caught out and not having any information about this, so they will say, well, Toronto Star's Morgan Campbell reports that, or the Toronto Star reports that, or according to media reports, this might just be something I put on Twitter. According to media reports, um, Roderick Morrow is a six foot eight, 260-pound point guard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> With anywhere in the gym range and 2% body fat. You know what I mean? And it's like, boom, people pick it up and run with it because they're scared. Uh, but the, the other thing is, uh, because everyone is so like sensitive, um, you know, to these changes or whatever story comes out, and so quick to react, so quick to jump on it, uh, even if they don't have the facts, they just attribute it to someone else. Um, but the flip side of that is, you know, these reports are often wrong. The side of that is, in the internet age, you can just erase what you wrote, post a new story, and act like you were never wrong. Yeah, 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 damn that. That was that was very frustrating when I read that shit. I was like, I just read that. Yeah, no, I never. No, 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 no. We never wrote that. We always wrote that that, that, McNab, that McNab was instrumental in getting big. Of course, of course. Go, go. Check yeah. on that. Yeah, just <laughs> check the site. Like, hey. we just updated it. But yeah, um, and the the other question, the last question I have for you before we get to um. Well, assuming Karen that Karen, you have another question that you good. No, I'm um, I wanna go comment about what he was yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. My thing is that I agree with you and also I think it's the be first generation. Like yeah. nobody wants to be second. Everybody wants to be first, even if first is not the truth. Right. And if you're but, not a actual journalistic publication, you can actually, you know, take some shortcuts to be first. Like, hey, I overheard the towel boy said that Kobe was very pissed after the game and said he was going to punch uh, Ron Artest in the face. And you can just roll with that, whereas, you know, somebody who's actually working for someplace might have to confirm that shit with a couple right. of people. That's right. By the time they get home to print it or go on their laptop, the shit's already up on X dudes site, you know? That's true. Well, here's, here's the irony about being first uh, in the internet age. Unless you have, like, a true, like, a mind scoop, like a story you've been working on, you know, that no one else has even thought to do. Um, your scoops last all of five minutes. Yeah, that's true. Hey, I'm first, but everybody's read it now. It's all up on their website too. Great. 
So I got eight more clicks than you because I was up five minutes before you. Is that <laughs> That is a good point, man. I remember reading this, uh, one of the, uh, a well-written article. I guess you can call it an article, but it's by uh, Bill Simmons, the sports guy on uh, ESPN. Um, I'm not a huge fan of him, but him, but he's cool, man. And uh, he had an article about how he struggled to be. He wanted to be the get that headline on ESPN that said, you know, reported by Bill Simmons. Right. And he's tried really hard and found like an inside source, and there was some trivial like the Celtics are going to trade the their second round pick. Right. For something, whatever it was, he just wanted to get his name on there, and he finally, you know, he failed a few times. And he finally got something where he was able to report it and confirm it and run with it. And like he, like you said, it lasted five minutes because a couple minutes later, it was just <laughs> Celtics are trading this dude, you know, sir. <laughs> um, so my my last question was actually, have you ever gotten hate mail for anything you've read? Of course. So that's like a journalist are just like that's part of the trade. Like, wow. like that is crazy to me wow. that people hate that much that they're just like, what? I have to email this man. Yes, <laughs> you will hear from me. Does it ever affect you, or I mean, is it like uh, a it. constant thing, or is it just like a oh it's shit, I got hate mail today? It's intermittent. It depends on what you're covering. Like if you cover soccer, you're gonna get hate mail because soccer fans are so um, sensitive. And insistent and urgent and like enough is never enough with soccer fans. So if you don't cover soccer, they get mad that you're not covering soccer. Um, you cover soccer, they get mad because why did it take you so long to start covering soccer? So you see a lot of hate mail from from them. Um, yeah, soccer soccer fans are bad and like cricket fans and stuff. Um, yeah, but you get used to it. It's not. It's part of the job. This is the thing about being a sports writer too is that um, you know next to being an athlete. This is one of the other jobs that, like, every dude wishes that they had, right? Sure. Because most people, they work eight hours a day, dudes, and a lot of women, too. They work eight hours a day, come home, and they sit around, they get up, they get with their friends, they talk about sports, and they watch sports, and they think about sports. Um, it's their diversion from the grind that is life. Whereas for me, what you, what most people do for a fun, for a, for a hobby, is what I do for a living. Um, so a lot of people... Uh, you know, kind of resent that. And here's the thing about sports writers, okay, is that the, between talk radio and then shows like PTI and Around the Horn, um, a lot of people now have this impression that a sports writer is like a, is, is a guy who argues. Okay? Right. Um, like, I'm a guy that tells stories. That's what I do. I cover stories. I uncover stories. I tell stories. But people think I'm a, I can't argue, of course, but people think that this is your job now as a sports writer. So what happens is that now being a sports writer, isn't too different now from being, um, you know, like a professional boxer or black belt in karate. People think they can fight and they just want to try you. They want to try you. Or you think you're tough, huh? Or you're a boxer? Come on, let's go in the um, parking lot. Come on, come on, come on. People want to try you. So, like, anywhere I go, like, when people find out I'm a sports writer, they just want to argue. I'm like, dude, I don't feel like arguing. I'm just here. I want to finish this cocktail. I'm at a party. I don't want to argue about right. NHL. He's like, no, so what do you think, man? What do you think about um, the Maple Leafs and Luke Shen? I'm like, I don't have an opinion and they're all disappointed <laughs> <laughs> and, and but this is the thing or people will ask you like i have, I have people ask me like this one guy this, this guy's perfect example because i was covering a fight and he knew me and i didn't know him and he starts talking to me about boxing wanting to argue about like who won between floyd mayweather and, and oscar de la hoya um and he used uh faded like 
in the conversation, like like the, the newspaper cliches that you can use as you're writing, like use it in speech. Mm-hmm. He's like, I believe Mayweather defeated a faded Oscar De La Hoya. I'm like, dude, are you really speaking this to me? <laughs> so he starts bugging me because I'm trying to write. And this guy is just like trying to argue with me because he thinks this is my job. I'm like, clearly you don't know what it's like to be a sports writer because you got to hit deadlines. You don't have time to argue with people when you're out at the event. Um, so I hit my deadline, the guy comes at me, and then he's like, well, can you tell me how I can get a job, you know, you know, covering boxing at a place like the Toronto Star? Wow. I'm like, oh, you want my job? He's like, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you don't seem interested in arguing, so obviously I'm better at this than you are. <laughs> I actually, uh, today, this happens at, to me at the basketball court all the time, because people like to sit and argue sports. And right. today someone told me, uh, because today we're in the age of hyperbole, in my, is my belief, where you can't just say something, you have to overstate it to the point of, well, now I am forced to disagree with you. This right. guy I'm told me... He's the best young shooting guard in the NBA, bar none. This dude told me, and I'm not making this up, he said, Derrick Rose is right. having the best uh, year of a point guard he's ever seen. And he is the best point guard of all time. What? You of all time. What is that? I said, what do you think about Magic Johnson? And he, he pshawed me. He was like, psh, psh, pshawed me. <laughs> like, I was like, what? Are we, are we even having this conversation? So I, somebody else started to argue with him. The guy sitting next to me and I said, hey, that did not deserve a response. <laughs> that was my response was, we are not talking to this guy anymore yeah, about this subject. He has gone off the, I called him hyperbole, man. He went off the deep end. Mm-hmm. That was ridiculous. That was a ridiculous thing to say. I was like, all, in history, there have been right. so many great players. It's only been a year for Derrick Rose, if you want to argue the greatest. He's had one year of supreme greatness. Probably went MVP this year. Um, there were two guys that played point guard in the Detroit Pistons at the same time that have done more than <laughs> Derrick Rose. Like, come on. I was so, guard, then Thomas, and then we'll talk. I was so, like, I mean, that's what I've decided to do with a lot of these crazy sports arguer guys is just go, all right, buddy, here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to not respond to this, not because it's so foolproof, but because it's so foolish. Right. You have not earned a response from me. And I think if people treat their time like the same way you treated the guy when you had a deadline it'll work better for everyone like that guy doesn't need to argue with me he just wants to argue anyway and that's why go ahead and on top of that and like you said before i really think a lot of people take sports the angry part of sports radio too seriously he responds shit like that he might as well say, well, call it number one, call it number two. Right. He's not up, on the radio. He set up an argument. Like, yes. he didn't set up an actual debate or discussion. That's or, right. It was a complete, like, Cause he's, fuck you if you don't believe this. And I had to go, okay, I don't believe that, so fuck me. Let's not talk about it. Yes, and it's almost like he wanted to, to drum up the callers, but a lot of people better realize, in your everyday life, you are not <laughs> there are no callers. Caller number eight. <laughs> Who gives That's- shit? I mean, comment down. It's like they just go with these blatant comments and just yeah. like they're pushing your buttons, wanting you to respond, and they know what they say is stupid. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's a lot of it. Is that yeah? There's so much of this going on, you know, between talk sports talk radio um, and bad blogs and whatever. Uh, everybody thinks they can do this. Yes. Everybody thinks they can do it. Um, and again, it's like people watch the NBA. Um, some guys think at some point they could have done it. 
but most people know at some point because there's 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 hard proof that you couldn't do it because you couldn't make it past high school so don't tell me you can play in the NBA but everybody thinks man I've got an opinion on sports they've got an opinion on sports I can do what they do I can do what he does no you can't and and the other thing is even to 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 sports talk radio blather there's a there's a certain skill like what your man had at the at the at the basketball court is is a pet argument Okay, and that's like the one argument he sat around thinking of ways to, to um, bolster. If you try to get him to discuss anything else, he won't be able to do it because he's got this pet argument. This is the, this is one topic. He's like the people that um, vote Republican only because they don't support abortion, right? No matter what right. the rest of the issues are. Natural <laughs> gas. What's that? Renewable energy? Huh? Right. Neighborhood, <laughs> but I'm voting Republican because they hate gays and I do too. Right. <laughs> But uh, you just lost your job. I don't give a damn. I'm still voting. <laughs> yeah. Cut my benefits off. I hate these games. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. All right. So let's get off of this because I want to get onto some actual random thoughts and then we have some articles. Cool. All right. So, all right. Um, I was listening to a podcast last night. It's called A Tribe Called Breast. And breast, B R E A S T, as in boobies. Yeah, it was uh, it was on Blog Talk Radio. I think the hosts are uh, Steam Fox is her name on Twitter, and at Kanye Breast, who's also on Twitter. Okay, uh, we see that Kanye Breast and wondering what the hell that is. Okay. Yeah, Kanye Breast is this funny chick, and uh, they're both hilarious. I think Kanye Breast has like ten thousand followers or something like that. Good gracious. Well, the show was struck me as weird because it, the show was supposed to be about oversharing on Twitter. Uh, and I guess oversharing would be defined as, you know, telling too much of your business on Twitter. You know, maybe people that tweet you like, oh, I broke up with my boyfriend or something like that. I don't know. Um, but the, the section that I heard when I uh, listened to it on the on the laptop, they were having callers call in. And the callers seemed to have a resentment for people who were putting any type of stock into Twitter and like people who, you know, had a lot of followers to the point where some people even made it seem like it's bad if you have a lot of followers. Like it's 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 the wrong thing to do. And um I just gotta state uh that that is a fucking stupid idea. Like if the ultimate uh supremacy on Twitter is to not be popular and to not have a lot of people following you, <laughs> then why are you on Twitter? And on top of that, your Twitter line <laughs> is boring as shit. Yeah, even if I'm not I'm not trying to judge whether they're boring or not. I'm simply saying the entire premise of Twitter is to uh, interact to, with to interact with people and have people want to interact with, with you. you. Yes. Now, right. um what I will say though is it made me think about Twitter uh, more seriously than I normally do. Um and I think I've kind of broken it down to there's kind of two camps, you know, maybe four if you really want to be, you know, out there. There's obviously celebrity people who people are going to follow because they no know them in real life That's and right. shit. Uh, and then there's uh, people that are lurkers or observers that are just like following everybody, but they never say anything. They never. OK, yes. so we got those people. But I think it comes down to producers and consumers. In general, and creative people, um, people who are looking for an outlet, people that maybe even have, maybe they haven't harnessed their intentions to actual, like, a blog or website or some type of career, Mm -hmm. but um, they have something to say and they want to entertain people, and those are your producers, your content providers. And then there's consumers, people that just follow the producers. 
And I think both sides resent each other. And it's fucking stupid. You both need each other. Right. <laughs> like, who, who the fuck is the blackout tips if nobody listens? Who the yes. fuck is the listener if I have nothing to say? And on top of that, it's kind of almost a jealous thing. It's like, I'm boring. I don't have a life. I don't have shit to talk about. I'm mad at you because I have 100 tweets. You have 250,000 tweets. What shit? Tweet more. Right. right. Well, first of all, I looked up a tribe called Breast. I Googled them, mm-hmm. and um, I looked at their Twitter page, and I'm, I, I can't lie, I'm really disappointed. <laughs> In the Breast or the, the amount of people following the page? That name is just, the name let me believe I'd see two things on the on the page, and I didn't see it. <laughs> so, I'm a little disappointed, but maybe I'll give him a chance. Um, <laughs> you know, but there's also a third category of tweeter, right? There's, right. Uh, there's, there's producers, there's consumers, and then there's just uh, people that people think they should follow. Right. Who are sometimes actual producers, and sometimes they're just famous people, like uh, Ozzy Guillen, the manager of the, of, the, of the White Sox. He's a famous guy. People think they should follow him. Uh, but he comes through because his tweets are hilarious. This guy has like 110,000 followers and he follows like one person. But like one, the one person he follows is just like the Twitter account for his other website. So he don't follow him. He's just throwing stuff out into the universe. He ain't interacting at all. all right. But he's hilarious, right? Whereas like, um, Major League Baseball players, like just about any Major League Baseball player, and I don't want to pick on one or the other, um, cause it could be anybody are as a group probably the boringest people on twitter but they have millions of followers because they're famous because people think they should follow them yeah that's my celebrities category yeah and they're just like oh let's follow kim kardashian she's only gonna tweet advertisements dumbass yes there's nothing she has to add to the universe why are you following her and stop retweeting her into my timeline and then this is they, they pay people to, to handle their accounts a lot of times. Yeah. Or either if they do say something, it's very, very boring. I've got to the fact I don't really follow famous, famous, famous people because a lot oh. of people are just boring. I'm yeah. here about the next concert. I'm here. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you're like, okay, you're not, A, you don't interact. What's the point of Twitter without interaction? Maybe mm-hmm. that's just how I look at it. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to count that category. I didn't want to count people who only want to observe and they don't want to interact ever. That's true. But uh, go ahead, Morgan. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> Isaac Ian is again, he's mastered the art of tweeting without interacting. But that's because he's funny enough um, to carry it. And what I find, like, I, one, because I'm always looking at people's uh, followers to follow ratio, you know, and that's kind of how you can tell who is what, you know, like the more skewered your ratio is. So, like, if you got a, if you got a 10 to 1, you got 10 times as many followers as following. Then you're producing, right? right. If you're following 150 people, but if you're following a thousand people, you got 150 followers. You're you're a consumer. Um, me, I'm a producer, and I and I I'm not famous, but I'm one of these people that people think they should follow. And here's how I know that is because the more I tweet, the fewer followers I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Think about. It. Because somebody's like, they see my name in the newspaper. Oh, Morgan Campbell. Okay, he covers baseball. He covers mixed martial arts, whatever it is. Like, I should follow him on Twitter. And they follow me on Twitter, and they think I'm going to be some guy that's, like, tweeting about, you know, Brock Lesnar's weight loss struggles and all this garbage. And I'm just, I'm on Twitter having fun, just interacting with people. And they're like, damn, all these jokes about Precious. I'm sick of this dude. And they unfollow me. You know what I mean? Whereas if I go two weeks, if I go from today to two weeks from now without tweeting, um... 
I will have more followers. Yeah, and it's just weird because I think both sides resent each other because you have producers who say shit like, well, if you're only on Twitter to talk about how much food you ate or the last time you ate, <laughs> it's like, dude, that person probably listened to your shit. Shut the fuck up. Don't you don't have to and the thing is you're not forced to follow anyone. Exactly. You're not just hit the unfollow button. It's very it's very routine and it's very like like no, no one has to know it's secretive. You, you, you know, yeah. some people have like programs and shit, but fuck those people. You just unfollow them. Hey, you were born this shit. And I didn't want to read that. I don't I don't need to inform you. It, it happens to me every day. I lose followers all the time. I win followers all the time. It's not a big deal, you know, half the time I can't follow people back because I read their profile and I'm like, this motherfucker doesn't know what he signed up for. Yeah, so exactly. Like, exactly. You know, if I read your profile and it says, I am a mother first and Jesus is the way, I'm like, oh, oh no, I, oh, I can't follow I'm sorry, you. lady. Sometimes you gotta follow somebody for just that reason because they might entertain you. Right. I'm a mother first, Jesus second, proud Republican. Right. Uh, second, I, and I die for the Second Amendment. Like <laughs> the Tea Party followed me the other day. I was like, right. "What the fuck is this? What are we doing? What is wrong with the world?" But the Tea Party thinks yeah. anything I do, they're spying on you. Either way, it, all right. So I think we kind of covered that. Um. And, oh, and, and also, I, I think Twitter is kind of like a bus driver. You know how bus driver drive the bus. But in this bus, I can determine who gets on my bus and who in the hell I kick off my bus. Yeah, you control your timeline. No one should ever complain about that timeline. Ever. And I see people do that all the time. I was like, well, get follow new people. Right. right. I only I would only do it sarcastically to be like, uh, y'all motherfuckers ain't shit today. You know, because maybe everybody's tweeting about Rebecca Black or something. And that's a complete <laughs> joke. But you should never seriously be like, I can't believe you people. Like, really? Yes. You pick the people. And on top of that, this is just my opinion. I know we can move on. If you are a very, very sensitive person, Twitter is not the place for you. Right. Like, yeah. it's a lot of people out there, they're very sensitive. Like, the least little thing, they got this 2020 rant, and you're like, you know what? You need to go to Facebook where it's safe, and your grandma's out there, <laughs> right. and y'all can get together right. and eat, you know, Twitter pies. Is like, Twitter is like the Facebook your mom doesn't know about. You yes, know? because see, for, like, stay the fuck off of there if you can't go out past streetlights. Yes, and on top of that, the thing I love about, I love the fact on Twitter, people write random thoughts constantly. Yeah. Like, I like reading what's on people's minds. I hate boring people. Right. Go ahead, Morgan, I'm sorry. No, I, I thought past. We can move on. Okay. Um, alright, man. So, I was watching this, uh, excellent. I don't know if you call it a cartoon. It comes on Cartoon Network. And I don't know if you guys get it up there or what, how it works. They got, they got Teletoon, which comes out of Quebec, which is kind of the same thing. This is, this thing about Canada, you get a lot of the same products that you get in the United States, but then it's, it's almost like, uh, like a communist country like Russia or Cuba. And that it's like you have some facsimile thereof, and Canadians try to tell you that it's as good. Like, no, eat these Smarties. They're as good as. M&M's on there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you, I don't, and I don't know if you even watch this stuff. I'm a, I'm a grown ass man, but I watch Cartoon Network all the time. I do too. And, uh, one of the shows is Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Uh-huh. No, I haven't seen it. 
Okay, that that shit is excellently done. Like the from just the graphical appearance of it to the storylines and especially for somebody like me who's not a huge Star Wars nerd, so I've never read a Star Wars book or anything like that. So all this shit is new to me. And um And for those geeks out there, please do not tweet him telling him to read it. I'm just saying yeah. <laughs> a public service announcement. Yeah, I'm anti reading anyway. Uh even though I think people today read more than they ever have. Um yeah, they do. It's just all online. Yeah, it's just yeah. People are just I don't know. Or it's just funny. instruction manuals for the latest piece of technology they just picked up. It's, it's, a lot it's really funny to me when people are like, people are the dumbest they've ever been. You're like, yeah, um, I don't know if you know this. We used to think the world was flat, and probably gonna have a hard time meeting a ton of people who still think it's flat. I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. Um, but uh, anyway, so um, I was wondering how the fuck does Chewbacca and R2-D2 like how come only one person ever knows what they're saying like you never (laughs) like they never say something and the entire group is like (laughs) you got that right (laughs) it's always like one person who's like R2-D2 says we can rewrite the power thrusters and go go the other way and you're like oh shit that's a good idea oh talking about the robot I think think they're partners or Chewbacca and then then fucking Han Solo's like that's right Chewie no one else is like I agree (laughs) Are they speaking a Spanish or another language or something? <laughs> Wait, who's, who's Chewbacca's interpreter? It's been so long since I've seen... Uh, Han Solo is Chewbacca's interpreter. Because yes. they were it's like... R2-D2's interpreter? Uh, normally it's Luke, but uh, it's been uh, other people in different... Like, it used to be Anakin. That's just... It's just... It's so shady. Like, these people, from what I remember from Star Wars movies... It's been so long since I watched any of them. But they're all, all in something together. Right. right? You got some people in the crew... Um, and it's 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 really shady and underhanded and divisive, like for one person to have like this special bond uh, with another person in the crew that don't speak the language and not attempt to share it. With right, I, like no one teaches, like no one tries to learn how to speak Wookie. Right, they're just like, yeah, um, I'm gonna let Han handle that. Like, yes. like Chewbacca could be racist as shit. We this would never know. I think he is. What they're talking about? This is like this one time we were playing we were playing pickup basketball back in, in college. Um, and I'm, listen, I am far from, like, I love language and different languages and everything. Like, do I love Espanol? Like, it's not, and I love different dialects, all that. So I'm not one of these guys that think there should be one official language for the United States or one official right. language for Canada or anything like that. But on the pickup basketball court and we're playing and there's these two, like, really hairy, swarthy white guys. I don't know what language they're speaking, but they're like, <laughs> You gotta stop this right now. We're gonna speak English on this court. Like, forget it. I don't know what you're saying about me. I don't even care about strategy. I don't know what you're saying about me. Hey, let me let me tell you something though, Morgan. I've come to the conclusion. I don't fuck with them Eastern European white people, man. You never know what kind of shit they've been through in real life. Like there's countries where they need to sign up for the army at fourteen and shit like that. Like where they Actually, do have AKs like they don't rap about them or see them in videos. <laughs> they be about it. They literally own an AK or they are born into war. So like, you won't catch me correcting the motherfuckers, but you feel more than free to. But uh, they can speak whatever they want. <laughs> you always have to. You, you have to know your environment. Like I was at Northwestern University. Like, oh okay, it's not gonna be no thugs there. Nobody from who's direct from a war torn country. Um, if I was someplace in Chicago, you know. Yeah, 
would have been a little bit different. Because I worry, like, when I see, like, people are always like, KG's jumping on the foreigners and shit. I'm like, man, he gonna pull that shit with the wrong oh, dude one day. They have a flashback, and we gonna see a dead KG yeah, he's gonna be from, television. Yeah, he's gonna be from one of those Ica stands and catch his ass in the hallway and it's gonna be a whole nother story man like yes. shit don't end for them no you don't come from from that kind of shit and just go well now it's america no <laughs> I, I forget i had to kill people at 13 but hey fuck it kg wants to call a charge um but yeah i always wondered if like they were if, if the wookie and uh the robots might have been racist but Everybody was just interpreting and covering for him. I think he is. what I'm saying. Kind of like how people do with like their grandparents and shit. It's just like, <laughs> they hear me too. Yeah, it's like, oh no, no. He just, he loves white people. Just never ever talk to him by yourself. Please don't. <laughs> Alright, man. Um, uh, I was also, man, when I'm playing ball, I realize this. Uh, a lot of people think I'm an asshole because I'm very, very sarcastic in general. You know, um, I'm, I have a sarcastic personality. I don't know how to explain that. But, um, it's, it's, sometimes it can be its own prison. Cause like, somebody will be on the other team or something, they'll hit a shot and I'll go, great shot, man. And they'll be like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, it's a great shot. And it's like, well, you don't have to be a jerk about it. It's like, what the fuck happened to now? you? Yeah. Like, I can't even be nice when I want to. It's terrible. by your own sense of irony. That's rough. That's something, you know, in my business we deal with all the time. Um, because newsrooms are full of sarcastic people, uh, bordering on bitter people, and it gets to the point where, yeah, you can't. You, sometimes you can't tell yourself anymore whether or not you're being sarcastic, and you're like, "Nice shot, man!" And then they're like, "Yo, why are you fucking with me?" I'm like, What's that? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I was trying to. Never mind. Um, yo, I, I was watching. Also, I was watching another cartoon. Um, uh, what was it called? Uh, it's like Batman or some. Anyway. The hero in this cartoon was the Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. And it was supposedly like his first mission, I guess, to save somebody. Mm-hmm. And he shows up, like there's, they're, they're trying to kill, uh, this girl, this princess. Like her father died, so she just became the leader of a country. She's only like 12 years old. Okay. And she's in the mall. She's trying to get back to her homeland so she can be safe. And these assassins take out her security detail. Oh. And then the Green Arrow shows up. And the first thing he says is, Sorry, I'm late. And I was like, motherfuckers died. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of entrance line is that to the guy bleeding out on the ground of the mall? Because like, uh, you forgot to hit your buzzer. Yeah, my bad, dog. I thought it was uh, the 101. I meant to take 95. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, to, my condolences to your fucking family. <laughs> I, 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 sh- I should have made sure I had better gas. My bad. Right. So the qu- the question I had was, who decides what rules superheroes need to obey? Because like, what if there's a hero that couldn't be a hero because he's constantly obeying every rule? Like, you know how Batman can like speed? Like, right. You just hop in the fucking Batmobile, disobey every single traffic law there is known to man, with no siren on the fucking car, by the way. Drive through intersections, you know, ride, drive around student drivers and shit like that, and destroy property, and that's okay in Batman's mind, but killing is where he draws the line. Like, <laughs> forget like the the flame coming out the back of Batman's car. 
<laughs> First of all, Batman, he would have got pulled over just for the vehicle is, itself is not street legal. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too dark. Yeah, yeah, they pull you over. That'd be the first thing. Batman would never get to save anybody because he would just be stuck fighting tickets. <laughs> he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't, that's one of the laws I don't care about. I only have one rule and it's I don't kill people. You're like, dude, that's kind of still makes you a dick, Batman. <laughs> like, you made me late to work today because you blew up the building I work in. Is it is it me and the stellar topic? Is it me or are black people that are superheroes are internally white? Because if real black people mm-hmm. were superheroes, nothing would be accomplished on time. We'd be late for everything. You know what I'm more worried about? It's like the black superhero doesn't make it on time. It's like what happened? It's like. Man, I got pulled over for being <laughs> driving while black, man. Uh-huh. This is a good neighborhood. I tried to save somebody in, in a good neighborhood, and the cops decided today was the day to ask Luke Cage about this, <laughs> the, the, the license plate on the front of his car. Uh, what happened, man? I had to stop by from KFC. I was hungry. Who? Now, who are the black superheroes? Yeah, uh, let's see. There's Luke Green, Cage, Blade. Green um, Lantern, he, he was black. One of the Green Lanterns is black. Yeah. The original one is white. Yes. Um, There was... Remember on Thundercats, like all the people were non-racial, but there were people just like on the Transformers, like they were they weren't human beings, so they weren't supposed to right. have races. But you could tell which one was supposed to be the yeah, black. Yeah, Panther was definitely black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like on, on and Transformers, Jazz was the black guy because you know, yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, speaking of which, dude, that was the that movie. First of all, I love Transformers. I'm biased. I will never ever ever not go see a Transformers movie. I don't give a fuck. If it's Transformers 37, we'll I don't care. Alright, all right. and I won't ever say it's bad either because I don't give a fuck. I'm biased. I'm telling you now, don't ever write me and tell me, well, didn't that suck? No, I loved it. Now, <laughs> that moment where Jazz shows up and Transformers and says, what's cracking bitches is so racist. Yes. It is so blatantly, well, Jazz was the black one. Like, we get it. Yes. <laughs> Just do his voice a certain way and, you know, context clues. We didn't have to show up <laughs> with fucking uh, Newport. Like, what Did the fuck? Did they have OT too? Uh, no, that's the second one, which is even more <laughs> racist. Wait. Skids and mud flaps. Here's two beefs I had with the original Transformers movie. Um, we're, we're working backwards order. First of all, uh, Remember, they go into this fight scene and Optimus Prime is talking to the kid and he's like, look, I got this little uh, cartridge or whatever it is. I'm about to go fight Megatron. Um, now, if it looks like I'm losing the fight, you know, and I can't win, you pop this cartridge into me and it'll save everything or whatever it was. You, you right. remember the details, right? Yeah, the all spark. Right! So, <laughs> Optimus Prime and Megatron are fighting, I shit you not, for like 30 seconds. Optimus Prime is gassed out. Yo, yo, come here, come here. Put this thing in my building. Like, <laughs> You're the leader? Right. What kind of example are you setting? You're a machine, okay? From a different galaxy that's like technologically advanced, like further than human beings could ever conceive. And you need this little boy to bail you out of a fight? Yeah, it made no sense either. Because then like Megatron took the AllSpark and that shit like killed him or something like that that anyway, I love those movies. Wait, here's here's what's the other what's the other here's the other people event with Transformers. Yeah. This is very fundamental. This goes to like the very heart of who these people slash robots are. Okay. So now if I remember the setup, the Autobots and the Decepticons, they're from like some other Cybertron. Right. And they wind up on Earth and they continue to have this fight that they've been having throughout history. Am I correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. So in some whatever other galaxy they're in, 
they're in whatever form they are in that galaxy, and then they come to Earth and assume, assume earthly forms, right? Right, right. Yeah. So why is it that only the Decepticons knew they were in a fight? Now check it out. So the the, the Decepticons, like um, Megatron, he turns himself into this giant nine millimeter gun. You know, they turn into like tanks and fighter jets and stuff. And the Autobots turn themselves into General Motors products. How the hell? <laughs> <laughs> be the F sixteen. Right. <laughs> like, I was like, Morgan, you're about to go to war. You have to turn yourself into a machine. You're going to war. I'm not going to be the goddamn Corvette. See, you know what I'm saying? Now, obviously, the battleship. Uh, obviously, like I said, I'm biased. So my defense for that is the Autobots wanted to get along with humans and peacefully coexist in their in their environments. While the Decepticons decided it was time to kick a little ass. <laughs> they was like, hey dog, did you know they got oil and shit? And they not even, they not even guarding it with giant robots? Let's take it. The Autobots were like, uh, they were in this world like, like Aquaman was to the Super Friends, cause the Autobots knew they could just come over and be as soft as they wanted to be, but they could get, uh, the United States Army. Right, like, side. we're, we're right. kind like of Aquaman's in the water. He has no powers himself. Right. <laughs> Fist to go do his bidding. <laughs> this is the Autobots. So like, who got a gun? Optimus Prime, you got it? Nah, man. All I got is some diesel fuel. Like, uh, you got a gun, Jazz? Nah, I got some Newports and uh <laughs> <laughs> I know how to break dance. I teach you how to deck. <laughs> it doesn't matter because we'll get the United States Army to fight our battles to fight these. Yeah, like, that's the thing, too. Like, I, I, like I'll give the... uh like, the Autobots are kind of the pussies in the fight, and I don't know if people yes. understand that, but, like, we are rooting for the guys who don't want to take the extra step and be like, so, what's the secret stealth shit that the government has? Let's transform into that. They're just like, right. I'm going to stay a truck. I think I got this, fellas. <laughs> I'm saying. Which, in a way, I mean, now, in the movies, they, they keep, they don't portray it as well as, as the original cartoon movie, which is a all-time classic. But, um, Optimus Prime is supposed to be a huge badass which yes. makes up for him just being a truck because he will put an axe through your fucking skull and yes. he did that a little bit in the second one but they keep like beating him up and killing him and shit yes. this is what I'm saying very I'm frustrating very frustrating man anyway let's get off of that subject I can't believe I became disgusted. Uh, he passed out like he was like he was James Tony or something, man. Like, <laughs> he said he's into that fight. He's like, with the, really cube, with the cube in my chest, Sam. <laughs> like, oh, calm down, Optimus. You look like you going out like a bitch right now, dog. Can't be rolling like this. Um, one of the things. All right, let's get some articles. I, I, I that was one of my random thoughts, but um, one of the things that we were going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about it in depth. I'm just going to say this is dumb as hell. South Dakota passed an abortion law where you have to wait three days to get an abortion. Wow. So that uh, because uh, Governor Dennis DeGard wants women to make good choices in that three days before they can go get their abortion. That might be a good choice. What the hell are you talking about? My question is this, though. Like... Who thinks that a women are getting abortions on a fucking whim? Yeah. I want to get a manicure and... Ooh, I, that might get an abortion. Ooh, is that on the menu? Yeah. Yes. Oh, what time is it? Do you yes. have time to squeeze in an abortion yes. today? Let, let me get that with the biggie fry and the shake. Yeah. yeah. No, there's not going to be, uh, you know, hours of consideration and days <laughs> of thinking about this. And no, mm-mm. I'm going to use it like birth control because this is much, much more expensive. But this is the way I likes it. 
Cause that's fucking stupid. Anyway, sorry. How, how long do you gotta wait to get a gun in, in South Dakota? <laughs> you can probably get a gun immediately. It's, I'm it's, not even gonna yeah, look that up. It's one of the places where they have a lot of room to shoot shit, so I guarantee you can get a gun with much faster than three days. You can probably buy a shotgun from Walmart right. the same day. Guarantee it, man. It's yeah. fucking stupid. Oh my god. Anyway. Um Flavor Flav, you know, that beacon of uh <laughs> of civil rights and <laughs> black 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 history. black enlightenment yes like this dude was in public enemy every time i start a story with his title uh i do want to just remind people that chuck d fucks with this dude um wow yeah uh flavor flaves employees claim check paychecks bounced wow now you guys do remember that flavor flave was opening his own chicken Yes. Place. It was one of the 25 things we decided to set black people back in 2010. Yes. Well, apparently, employees of Flavor Flav's Chicken say their paychecks are bouncing all over town, but Flav says disgruntled people are just jealous and want him out of town. Nigga, why would I lie about a bounce paycheck? Uh, you know they make a minimum wage. Yeah. Like, it ain't like, it ain't like the check is for a billion dollars. Yes. (laughs) First of all, this is this, it's hard to know where to start with this flavor. What's he doing in Clinton, Iowa? Um, how big of a market is it for fried chicken in Clinton, Iowa? And who knows who Flavor Flav is? Like, I guarantee half the people in Iowa just go, "That chicken must be really flavorful. It has flavor That's- in the title twice. <laughs> <laughs> it's flavor times flavor. How can it not be good? Yes. And they walk in and see him, and they're like, "Ooh, this is a bad decision." Yes. Where does Flav? Because so clearly he's got a, a franchise in Clinton, Iowa. Like, but where also the Flavor Flav fried chicken? Um, I think this is the that first one. That one by you in Charlotte? <laughs> no, this is the first one that they open, and it's in Iowa. Yeah, wow. It's the first official Flavor Flav chicken. Wow. I can. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know where to begin. So. <laughs> Well, I'll read. I'll read a little. You know what? You know, no, no. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. If you are going to make a living peddling stereotypes about black people, it's helpful to start where there are very few actual black people. That way, when you go there and you say black people are like this, uh, people don't have much choice but to believe you. And there's no black people to call you out because all the black people could have said, "Don't take that job. You'll never get paid." That's right. <laughs> exactly. You're depending on the financial stability of Flavor Flav. Who gets Flavor of Love? Which yeah. I know you've never seen. How many seasons? Go to Netflix streaming. Flavor Flav. Uh, Flavor of Love is streaming. Yes, you can do watch party for. Watch one season of that and yes. then decide if that's who you would like to work for. Oh, buy your chicken from. Yeah, let him sign your checks and give you food. That yes. is a terrible, terrible idea. Yes, and he had plenty of rest on his show but they were not from chip oh yes oh, um, she'll be here all week folks <laughs> uh, one of the checks was only for 150 dollars and it bounced god damn uh let's see co-worker nick Kimino uh told the station that they had a credit card glitch at one point but everything is fine now he also chalked it up to disgruntled ex-employees like, so they already fired people. Wow. <laughs> You've been in business for like a month. Uh, Flavor himself said it's not true information, first of all. Second of all, maybe these people are, uh, maybe these are people that's jealous of me being here and probably want to see me out. Yes, we do have money in our accounts. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> um, what time is it? Yeah. All right. Here's another one, um, which, 
and this kind of sparked me to do a mini Twitter rant on Friday while, or Thursday while I was editing the show. CNN was on and um, it was talking about Rihanna. Okay. And Rihanna apparently has, um, she's into S&M, I guess, and maybe she's talked about it a little bit on her past Is album. Robin Thicke? Um, I don't know, Karen. I'm sorry. They can't see this, you know. Oh, my bad. <laughs> my, my, my bad. We're not live, y'all. She's like, is that Robin Thicke? Well, yes. the blind people will be in yes, there. I think he's listening. 60, so I'm sorry. Um, but there's, like, she's into, um, apparently being spanked and things like that. And it's kind of weird because it's a, there's two layers to this story for me. One, she would like to capitalize off, I feel like her and Chris Brown are capitalizing off of their tragic past. And of that, course. The incident of him beating her and it's becoming a way for them to make money. And yes, it's kind of, it it's kind of sad in my opinion. You know, like, um, it's like, and then also she's had like instances of like child abuse and things like that when she was a kid. So there's like this sad, like, this should probably not be played out publicly type thing. And people kind of skip over the child abuse part of it and go straight to Chris Brown beat you. So it's also sad because the media just really puts her in this light of she's a victim. She can't be a person. She can't move on. She can't do anything. And then she kind of plays up the victimhood of it. Like, isn't this even more trippy? And I think it's because her and Chris Brown don't have any talent. Well, what I was going to say, too, is, um, one, it's not that interesting because I feel like we had this whole same trajectory with uh, Britney Spears, um, where she came out, she was a sweet, innocent white girl. And then she said, oh, no, look at me. I'm sexy. I'm a vixen. OK, great. But like, so now is Rihanna sitting back and looking at the trajectory of Britney Spears' career and saying, I want to do that? Who's doing that? A and B, it's just not that interesting. It feels like, um, it feels like, remember Eminem had that song? I think I've referenced this on, on the Morning Jones as well. And Eminem had that song, and he's like, uh, this must be a time for me because we need a little controversy. I'm like, if you're going to be controversial, you can't tell me. You're gonna be <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So now Rihanna's like making a conscious effort and telling us all, ooh, I'm shedding the good girl image. Look, I'm racy. Listen, I got a song called S&M. Okay, great. Thanks for the. Subtle. Yeah, it's kind of, and it's, like I said, it creeps me out, and I don't know if that's the correct reaction to have, but it's the one I had. I was creeped out by the fact that the, the CNN that night showed the picture of her after being beaten by Chris Brown, like, at least a dozen times in the 30 minutes that the TV was on. that channel. And then the other thing was this idea that I feel like she's just playing off of it, like, we're, like, she wants people to be shocked, and I, I think it's kind of reprehensible to... To do that, I'm not asking her to be a victim all her life, but it's just like, move, make music, move on if you want to speak out against uh, domestic violence or something like that. Uh, I do understand if, if you don't even, but to kind of play off of it, you know, like, it just seems weird. It seems wrong, but, you know, it's her life, and I, I'm not going to buy their CDs or listen to them because I don't find either one of them to be that talented, honestly. I Like, these two together are two of the worst singers they got to be the worst singing like if you if you could score singing like on a, on a scale you know and, right. and combine it right they gotta have the worst combined score of any singing couple ever yeah like, i know how bad of a singer chris brown was until he sang the, the national anthem at the uh, mayweather mosley fight and like he cannot 
sing at all can barely carry a tune it was really awkward that moment in the fight because mosley comes to the ring um with a song that had rihanna in it and you can just see chris brown just kind of sitting there looking around like Ooh, what, what, what do i do now um <laughs> but she might be as bad of a singer as he is and and, and so on on that level i i, I understand what she's doing because you're a woman and you're good looking and you're a quote-unquote singer but you can't sing if you can't sell singing you got to sell sex right yeah. Chris Brown might be in a tougher spot because he can't sing. I don't know. He can't sell. Well, I guess he can sell sex. Yeah, he can sell sex. He does real good. Like, right. Yeah. There's a lot of chicks that fuck with Chris Brown because of how he looks. And, you know, that they're clearly that's the only thing he has going for him because he can only dance. There's no reason to ever want to entertain anything from him audio wise because seriously, he can only dance. You can put anyone on those fucking techno pop beats and, and <laughs> dance to that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's, he's um, sitting on Glover with uh, Cisco's hair. Right, yeah. Chris, somebody was calling him Crisco the other day. I thought that was <laughs> um, alright, man. So here's another article. Um, this one is from Hustler, uh, well, about Hustler, the porn company. Mm-hmm. They okay. were fined, they were fined $14,000 for not using condoms in their porn. Is that a requirement now? I didn't think that was a requirement. California workplace safety officials have fined Larry Flint's Hustler video uh, and another porn producer for not using condoms on set to protect sex performers from exposure to disease. Hustler faces $14,175 in fines for three violations, including failure to provide condoms and or protective equipment, according to Division of uh, the Division of Occupational Safety and Health citation uh, provided to the Associated Press Wednesday. Hustler failed to ensure the use of appropriate personal protective equipment, such as condoms. You think that also includes like helmets and sperm guards and shit like that? Mm-hmm. Goggles. Oh yeah. Uh, to protect his employees from semen, vaginal excretions, and blood in the course of producing, at well, blood. I don't think we should be seeing any of that. I hope not. Oh, the video. <laughs> Who has written that? Uh, <laughs> what site is that on? No, thank you, I sir. Let me know so I know not to go there. Yes, please, hustling. Whoa. Yes. What are y'all doing? They must be doing S and M. The current fines are based on the same section of the state law that also requires hospitals to provide nurses with protective gear to spare them from exposure to bloodborne and fluid-borne illnesses. Flynn has said in the past that audiences don't want to watch porn in which actors use condoms, which I think is true. I think mm-hmm. people don't want to watch it because uh, you're selling them a fantasy. That's right. And nobody's sexual fantasy is. And let me strap this up. On the up. Condom That's right. That's right for men and women. That's yeah. why you have all these kids around. Yeah, here's a hot piece of delivery, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's get that condom on first, buddy. Um, and especially since dudes are watching, you know they hate condoms. That's that's why they don't take care of their kids now. It's, I love condoms, just not the kids and the consequences of it. Um, let's see. Hustler also was also fined for failing to maintain a written injury and illness policy and for failing to provide workers with vaccines for hepatitis C. Damn, don't they test people before they go on? Like, I don't understand. They gotta get tested pretty often. Well, here's my thing about um, the concept of, of, of condoms. Um, is that, so you wear these condoms, and, and, and these people, you know, porn professionals, they have sex, like, every day. Like, three citations, that's like half a day's worth of work for hustlers. You know what I mean? Mm. But, so you wear the condoms to protect you from the disease. Uh, but at the same time, anyone any of us have ever slept with, we have assumed that they're clean. You know what I'm saying? Because like I wear the condom because I don't want to catch a disease. But if I knew you had a disease, 
I wouldn't sleep with you even. With you. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Like if you if if you were about to have sex with a chick and she's like, okay, so look, I have a touch of the chlamydia, right. but don't worry, we can use the condom. You'd be like, mm, oh, no, no, thank you, no, ma'am. No, no. <laughs> you keep that to yourself, ma'am. <laughs> but speaking of these diseases, uh, what you said about that it reminded me of of the Wikipedia bio for you. You guys are a good friend, Brian Pumper. Um, and there's just there's a line in the uh, in the biography, and they just put it in there so matter of factly. It's just like um, his 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 contract was terminated in 2009 uh, after he forged an F an STD test uh, for Pinky who had chlamydia. Yeah, I remember that. And he, just so matter of factly, like people do this, like. You Man, I, I'll tell you one thing. If you want to watch porn, don't ever look up a YouTube video of porn stars talking about doing porn. Because they will be like, yeah, sometimes you get diseases and, uh, you know, you just go to work with them. It's very common. And you're like, ooh, ouch. Uh, no, thank that's you. That's what I was going to say. And that's how he handled it. So I guess that's just like um, a job hazard. Like me, sometimes I come home with newsprint on my fingers. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you come home with And I, I live with it. You know, I, ah, damn, paper cut. So I guess these dudes are like, damn, the clap, man. That's a yeah. four times this month. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Should I do something different? Nah, I'll live with it. Yeah. And it's going. Sometimes you come home with syphilis on your fingers, man. <laughs> um, uh, this this is a, just a picture, uh, not a picture, but a story that uh, made me think about our white listeners and how some of them are reluctant to admit this. But I think it's true, and maybe it explains a lot of stuff. The face of Jesus Christ appears in the three cheese pizza. Three cheeses? So maybe that is why they love cheese. You know, because if you told me that Jesus was a part of the, you know, part of a three cheese pizza, maybe I would have a reverence for cheese more so than what I have now. Does that mean the cheese is holy? It says, all hell, Lord Jesus. That is a cheesy joke. Yes, that is. The holy apparition that appeared in the pizza. Now, see, if, if, if this art, if this place is reporting this as a legitimate miracle, I don't think they should be cracking jokes. <laughs> like I feel like these people are making fun of the people that believe in Jesus Christ. And my yeah, oh, it comes from Australia. Oh, okay. I've got that 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 um, really ironic, sarcastic sense of humor. But he looks more like because uh, Jesus didn't have a handlebar mustache in any picture of Jesus that I I saw. But this pizza <laughs> Jesus has like a big iron cheek mustache. With how did how did Jesus always keep his goatee so tight? Everything I see him in, it's like he was shaving us. I don't know. Um, in a purported miracle, the face of Jesus Christ has appeared in a three cheese pizza made at Posh Pizza in New Farm, Brisbane. The image can can be yours to enjoy. The shop in the city's uh, 42 Valley has put the slice on eBay, and as of this morning, the bid is up to $65. <laughs> $65, really? By the, time, by the time that pizza cools down, like that cheese isn't going to look the same. And, and no, no one, and no black people are bidding on this. By the Hell way, no, I'd have ate that. Y'all would have <laughs> never seen Jesus' ass. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, cheese pizza. I am in. He'd have had pepperoni on his face. <laughs> I like pizza too much. This would have never been an article. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Oh shit. No, thank you. Mm-mm. Well, I like uh, to bring it back to the top, the previous topics of the conversation in terms of like journalistic ethics and, 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 and doing things the right way, like fundamentals of journalism. So even in this story about um, 
the Australian Jesus pizza, they actually went and got the other side of the story. Like they called this dude, like this agnostic, this president of the Ag- Australian Agnostics Association, and asked him what he thought about um, <laughs> the Jesus pizza. And he's like, oh yeah, it's just it's random. Yeah, we need both points of view here, Morgan. This is an important story. Yeah. Okay, Jesus popped up in a t- <laughs> You gotta get to the, the bottom of this shit. <laughs> you see what the guy says, too? He's like, when you think about the hundreds of thousands of pizzas that are made every single day, statistically, one of them is bound to vaguely resemble a face. Yeah, man. Think about that. I, it's funny to me because I just thought it was Ted Nugent. So. Well, then my, my thing is that why have we ever seen a cheese with black people face? Um, all the time. If you burn them, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, who is who's looking for black people? My che- my pizza has a picture of Malcolm X. I don't understand this. What's wrong with my pizza today? <laughs> well, you know there would be no pork or bacon on that. Straight <laughs> oh, no. veggie pizza. He'll be here all week, folks. All right, here's another article. Um, uh, this is one of my nightmares, by the way. Uh, so this is actually kind of hits close to home. It's scary. Because sometimes, like, my family will be like, hey, can you make a copy of a DVD for me or something? You know, I'll do that for them or whatever. But uh, this coach tries to explain classroom porn gap. A uh, uh, Wesley, oh, Wellesley. Wellesley. Yeah. High school volleyball coach yesterday insisted that a terrible blunder led to him inadvertently playing a pornographic video in front of a group of teen players, <gasps> prompting his resignation. Like, cause you never know what's in your DVD player or something. Like, somebody might come over and be like, hey, you got that Batman in there? You're like, oh yeah, I'm watching The Dark Knight right now. Let me, oh! oh it is dark, all Yes! Right. Oh, it was yes. a dark night. Um, let's see. What I would do is get my story out, uh, have people understand what happened, not lurk in the shadows and give people the impression that I'm some kind of sleeve bag. I'm some kind of pervert, says Wayne Lim, 57. Uh, he told the Herald in a tearful interview. Folks, this is what happened. Judge me on what happened. Don't let any prejudices dissuade you and condemn me to something for something that is honestly an unfortunate incident. According to Lim, the bizarre chain of events bizarre. How fucking how far fetched can this possibly be? Anyway, no. the bizarre chain of events started last Tuesday when he and the boys team and three junior varsity girls got he was trying to get it popping. Um yes, he was. gathered at the high school to eat pizza. And you think the pizza had Jesus face on it? <laughs> I don't think so. It's, uh, it's, it's more the pizza that's brought by uh, the dudes with the condoms. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, this Satan was on the yeah. face of this pizza. Mm, that pizza had brown pump on it. <laughs> I wouldn't eat that. And watch it and watch last year's men's collegiate volleyball championship while he was setting up a DVD VHS player brought he brought from home. Lim said he realized he couldn't find the disc and started to go over the practice schedule. When I was handling, handing out schedules, the boys just started cracking up and started yelling. I quickly turned around and an adult video came on the screen. <gasps> said Lim, who uh, said he turned off the TV and apologized and dismissed the team. I panicked. I was in shock. He said in a phone interview. Uh, Lim said... Uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, read this because this is because this is the oh. same. Read the paragraph, man. Lim said he believed the video belonged to a house guest. In person, however, Lim declined to discuss how the video ended up in his player. Let me just be the first to say, nigga, please. That is your video. That's right. Don't try to lie, man. Just if you're going to see, this is the problem. <laughs> Wait. Like, yo, I'm going to tell you the truth, right? I'm going to give you the whole story and nothing but the truth. So a house guest came over and watched porn. <laughs> I would never watch that filthy shit. It degrades women. 
and it's terrible, and I'm a good person, and I'm a teacher. No. Let me my hustler magazine. Wait a minute. <laughs> what the hell kind of guest <laughs> somebody else's house brings their own porn? Yeah. Like, I'm at your house, Rod. You got a bed, and I take my porn out of my bag, and I start watching it. Like, who does that? Yeah. <laughs> new, if nothing else, if this is true, let me some new friends. I've yeah. seen the movie House Guest, and even Sinbad wouldn't have done that. No. Um, I've worked hard to establish a stellar coaching career. I've always been cognizant of the problems that some of these coaches have encountered in the past, and proper behavior, and proper touching, whatever. I didn't co- uh, co- yeah, I didn't coincide with the promise that I made that I would do anything that I could possibly do to get this program up to snuff and get it uh, successful. That sentence doesn't make sense. Maybe meant it didn't coincide. Anyway, um, this man is rambling. He can't even keep track of um, <laughs> who puts porn in his VCR. He's trying yes, to keep track of the noun and verbs, man. Come on. <laughs> He's thinking about those boobs right now. <laughs> right. A coach with more. He was disappointed by a try called breast as well. I, <laughs> <laughs> what are his? Uh, what are his? What if the point he had was like a volleyball coach trying to come on to this kids? Like, it was complete coincidence. I can't believe anyone. A guest would, why would a guest watch that one? Of all the ones to watch. Um, anyway, man, so he got replaced. Uh, the oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look, look at the places where he used to coach. Uh, let's see. He goes from Harvard, Boston College, Regis College, Brookline High. Like, he's going, uh, to the crappier jobs. He's going younger, is what I see. Right. Either he's, or. Come on, there. I think these, these two things are connected. <laughs> well, normally what he does, he plays his porn, and then he gets fired. He has to go to another job. I'm saying. He's like, he's like uh, David Benner at the end of uh, all the Hulk, uh, old, the old Hulk uh, TV series, where he would uh, turn to the Incredible Hulk, fuck up his current job and his life, and then at the end, you see him with that bag and his thumb yes. up. It's like getting a ride to the next job. Um, all right, here's another article. Speaking of uh, strippers and stuff, um, let me just send this to Morgan real quick. Bam. Uh, man calls 911 when strippers don't show. Wow. <laughs> well, that is an emergency. I've been places where strippers didn't show up, and, and it's never good. Uh, Franklin, Wisconsin. Uh, police in Wisconsin said a man who visited a gentleman's club called 911 to report a pair of strippers who had failed to show up at his motel room as promised. Uh, it sounded like he got ganged. Uh, That's all it is. <laughs> police said that 30... Money and you know, strippers are trustworthy, honest people, and they won't take advantage of a patron. I don't know why he wow. would think that. Uh, police said the 37-year-old Illinois man told them he spent $1,000... On lap dances from two exotic dancers at On the Border Gentlemen's Club Sunday night. And the women promised to visit his room at a local motel later in the morning for On the House lap dances. Word, wow. word, and I, and, I and, and this is my personal opinion. That right there don't sound like no booty shaking would have been going on right there. Yeah. On the Borders Gentlemen's Club? Mm-mm. He wanted sex. Mm-mm. Yeah, that sounds like a uh, prostitution thing. And, and it says yeah, uh, the man called at 1.26 a.m. Monday to report the strippers hadn't shown up and he felt he'd been cheated. Well, then you just out of that buddy. He Was he drunk, too? The police ain't gonna help you. <laughs> at least say you got robbed. Yeah. And not showing up is not a crime. Robbing you is the crime. I'm <laughs> thoroughly confused he was definitely by this. <laughs> and first of all, you gotta know, um, we'll tie this back into sports writing. Uh... When, when they had boxing shows at the casinos up here, yeah, the voter would make sure, okay, because you know we don't want to interview the boxers after the fight. 
So the promoter would be like, well, you're not um, getting paid. I'm not giving you the check until after the news conference. That way, people can't just take the check and leave. They got to do interviews. Um, the mixed martial arts show I was at last night, like the people that wanted to interview dudes couldn't find dudes because the promoter paid these guys. Like right after they finished their fight, he paid them. They took off. Like the boxing promoter knows what the mixed martial arts promoter and clearly this guy don't know is that if you give these people money up front, right, incentive do they have to come? Why? I already got the thousand dollars. Why am I going to your dirty ass motel room? Yeah, you never pay a stripper up front, dude. Ever. There's never been a situation where you give somebody a thousand dollars for services rendered later. Yes, for services. Come on, son. You pay. That's why you pay for lap dances per dance. (laughs) Never go. Hey, I like to get seven lap dances. How much is that? Nah, I'm gonna go. (laughs) We go one at a time, ma'am. Yes. I know how you get down. Um, here's another one. Remember, Friday was April Fools. I don't really celebrate April Fools. I think it's kind of stupid. But anyway. Uh, as an April Fool's joke, um, this this lady <laughs> on Friday morning, uh, the police got a call that shots had been fired at 601 Lakeside Avenue, which is Cleveland City Hall. Oh. As police were responding, they got a further report that the call was nothing more than a prank. And you didn't think your ass was going to be locked up? And, right. And, like, as if an a, a actual person who was shooting at City Hall might not do that. Oh. Like... Oh, I just shot up the place. Ooh, let me call back. Uh, uh, 911, by the way, that was a joke. I'm not actually killing people. Uh, the police who responded were told that a city employee who had called her boyfriend had told him shots were fired at City Hall as an April Fool's joke before the boyfriend realized it was a prank he called police. That's a good boyfriend, by the way. Yeah, I know. That's a good boy. He's like, just in case she's not, not fucking kidding. around. That's right. Because that would be awkward. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was held hostage for six hours. Baby, it was April Fool's. I didn't know. I thought she was fucking with yes. me. Um, and the chick that got in trouble is 30-year-old Rodia Wallace of Bedford. And she was arrested. And uh, she's expected to be charged with inducing panic and making false alarms. Yeah. Uh, do you think their relationship is over? Uh, yeah, I think that's breakup material, you know. It's, you know, she's probably gonna blame it on him, but the one thing that he should learn from that story is he was dating a crazy chick and was able to get out of the relationship at an earlier time yes. than before marrying her. That's, that's right. She's looking sharp in her, in her, in her mugshot though. Who's got her hair done? Yeah, I thought she looked pretty nice. Neck, the plunging neckline. And she's staring like dead into the camera. She's not a bad mugshot. Yeah. Like shot I thought she looked pretty good, to be honest. And she's from Cleveland, so maybe LeBron should have stayed. Um, <laughs> New York City model pleads guilty to taking Toronto baby. Oh. An aspiring actor and model from New York City has admitted to abducting a Toronto baby at a bogus Bollywood movie casting call last December. Uh yeah, so she wow. went all the way to Toronto to get that baby. How is she gonna get him back across the border? Can I you just do that? I don't think you can. I don't know. You can if you if you can convince the uh, customs agent that it's yours. It wouldn't be that hard. So you just put him in a seat and just roll back. Uh, yeah, my baby. Okay, take it. Michelle Marie Gopal pleaded guilty to one count of child abduction in a Toronto court Friday morning. She has been sentenced to two and a half years in addition to time she already spent in custody. Uh, Gopal, who's 25, was arrested during the early hours of December 31st after police recovered one-month-old Roma Patel. She... So she took a, a Indian baby. I guess she must be Indian. Yeah, they're Indian. That's the, the word Bollywood. That's 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 your sign that these are all Indian people uh, involved in this. 
So she was depending on people's racism to be like, uh, all y'all look alike. Just cross the board. Basically. <laughs> the baby has gone missing four hours after, uh, a la carte videos. Wow, that just sounds shady. A la carte videos. <laughs> like, I don't think I want to sign up for no. here. How long you guys gonna feel? You know what? You gotta understand about Bollywood movies. Um, they make so many of them so fast. Like, that's, that's what it is. And you, it's like a la carte. You go and you choose your actors. Boom. Let's put it together. Boom. And like that. Uh. It's like porn almost, man. They, if you're a Bollywood actor, you could be, you could star in how many weeks in a year? Fifty-two. You could probably star in eighty movies a year. Shit. Wow. They crank them out, man. Damn, that is wow. That's terrible. Uh, Western yeah. Toronto production studio uh, during a purported casting call. So that's what she told the baby. The baby's parents have responded to an ad on Craigslist that offered fifteen thousand dollars in compensation for allowing their baby to be used in a film shoot. Uh, before she was sentenced Friday, Gopal typically told the judge she was afraid to give the baby back, so she handed the infant off to her ex-boyfriend because she knew he would return the child. She wow. said she had never been in trouble with the cops before and didn't know what to do, adding that she was sorry. Everyone thinks I'm a bad person, but I'm not a bad person. You baby stealing bitch! How are you not a bad person? That is bad! You stole someone's fucking baby! She might not be bad. She might just be crazy. There's a difference. There's not two ways to look at this. You stole a baby from their parents. There's no there's no good person would do that. There's a third category for crazy, which I think is still bad. That is still not a good person. You are That is a bad person. I'm, you are not good at being a human being. Wow. Why don't you go have own then? I don't know, baby. I, who, who gives a... You can't steal babies. <laughs> no good reason for this shit. It's unacceptable. The other thing um, is, there are any number of people one. who, there are any number. Of, you don't ever see people stealing. People still no. People do steal black babies. That girl got stolen in uh, Connecticut. Yeah. But um, did Madonna try to sneak a black baby out of country or something? They was like, hold up, hold you up. didn't pay for this baby. That is cash. Fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> there are any number of ways to adopt a baby. Why would you steal one from somebody who clearly wants their baby? And you know, in 18 years, we're going to hear about a lot of celebrity uh, black babies that have celebrities' last names that are white and are all kinds of ratchet, by the way. That shit's coming. Prepare, wow. America. Pretty soon, we're going to be like, did you know Madonna got a black baby that is all kinds of crazy? Yes. <laughs> you can't just be adopting black kids no. with no fucking... And give them to a maid. You cannot do that. <laughs> Alright, this is the last story, and I'm not um, going too much into detail with this. I just want to say this is unfucking believable to me, and I, I don't know why this dude turned himself in, but a Manhattan dentist was sent 31 pounds of pot worth $50,000 in the mail. Wow. And Manhattan Dennis got a mysterious UPS package Friday from a real dope. It was filled with 31 pounds of very pungent pot. I don't appreciate how they know it was like, like it was filled with 31 pounds of the stinkiest of the icky. Yes. <laughs> Who is this journalist? Rob Bob Capstatter. He smokes the shit. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's got a basis for comparison. Yeah. Like, you know, he was like Connecticut. No, Yo. Massachusetts weed. <laughs> Yo, he was like, I have, I'll take this one, boss. <laughs> I'm, I'm on it, chief. 
Because <laughs> they got pictures and everything. He had to see this shit in person. Yes. Um, wait, 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 wait. Look what the dentist says. What did he say? What is look at the dentist's first quote. Uh, he says, uh, his name's Richard Lyons. And, of course, he couldn't believe it was delivered to his office. And he says, from my 70s days, <laughs> when I saw the green and smelled it, I knew it was marijuana. <laughs> Yes, nigga, you be getting high. He called it the green. He he smokes it. Yes, the green. Yes. Yes. Oh man, he said uh, he has a ponytail apparently, and they they think uh, they made some editorial comments that he could be in Cheech and Chong movie. Um, he's sixty one, uh, and uh, he had no idea how how the pot worked up to fifty thousand dollars on the street wound up at his place, but he immediately called the cops. I'm, I'm, you know what? Now that I think about it even more. I probably would have called the cops. Hell yeah. Just because I would be that fucking scared. Like, yeah, some people come looking for that shit. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's going to find out yes. $50,000 worth of pot is missing. And when they knock on my door, I don't want to be like, yeah, man. So y'all got like 25000 left. <laughs> <laughs> be dead. Hey, at least I didn't call the cops, man. <laughs> oh, let's see. I was shocked. Shocked. Shocked and annoyed. Even if I got an ounce of marijuana, I would have notified the police. It's no. not legal. I didn't buy it. If he got an ounce of marijuana, you know what he would have done with it. He would have, yeah. Come he on, smoke that. Come on, guys. He lying like shit. <laughs> you, uh, see the, you see the last paragraph? Uh, let me get there. Let's see. Uh, Lions said the pot was wrapped in a black plastic bag with a bunch of baby wipes on top. Uh, okay. Um, and let's see. When the cops arrived at the office, is this what you're talking about? No, the very, very, very last paragraph. Uh, just anyone wishing to claim the package, please contact fifth precinct, the fifth precinct detective squad at two one two three three four zero seven four two. Do you already think that that person is high? <laughs> Who would read that and go, "Oh shit, my pot." The same person that got mad the strippers didn't come. Right, it's his pot. He's like, my, I'm calling 911. I have a pot delivery that was not me, and I feel cheated. I it paid up front. It is not my night. I didn't get no strippers, and damn it, I didn't get my pot. Yeah, I paid $50,000 to this dude up front, and it was trusting that he would get it to the right address. I thought it found $51,000, man. Yeah. <laughs> the strippers didn't show up, and my pot is gone. Alright, man, so... It's been another episode of the Black Eyed Tips podcast. Uh, we, of course, our guest this time was Morgan P. Campbell. Where P. The P. What? For Pimpin. Pimpin. And um, you can follow him on Twitter. He's at Morgan P. Campbell. Uh, he also has a podcast. Search for All, Ball- All Balls Don't Bounce on uh, iTunes um, or Podomatic. Um, and I thought it was very funny and it was cool. And I always appreciate when people give me credit for my ideas. So that was awesome. <laughs> I, I, like that's one of my pet peeves. I give away every idea I come up with for free, pretty much. So I like it really sucks when somebody's just like, "Yeah, I got this joke and it's hilarious," and I'm like, "You heard that from me?" Exactly. It's fucked up, but nah, they they gave me credit. And I appreciate that. And uh, uh, Will Strickland's on there, and Dwayne. What do y'all call Dwayne Slick? Dwayne Sweets Watson. Sweets, yes. Sweets. And, and a good friend of mine, because I. A, a good friend of mine was like, I just don't um, trust a man with the nickname Sweets. Right? <laughs> yeah, I definitely wouldn't call him that. 
Uh, I would like you have to say Dwayne Sweets Watson. You can't say Sweets. Right. Like, uh, no, no man should ever call another man Sweets. Um, no. And uh, also, don't forget, Morgan. You don't have to make the people pimping. You can change it every episode. You can change mm-hmm. it to the situation. You know, if uh, you know you guys are talking about an upcoming game or something, you say uh, Morgan. Uh, the prognosticator, Campbell, you know, yes. it, it could be anything. Or when people argue with you, uh, P, um, punch him in the face. Right. right. You can say Morgan P. Campbell and the P stands for punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. If That's I'm what I'm going to do. If I'm listening to MC Hammer, the P stands for proper. Right. Of course. <laughs> if you're in Oakland, it's always proper. Um, also, this podcast is brought to you by Shadow Dog Productions. Don't forget to follow them or follow them on Twitter at Shadow Dog Pride. And don't forget to go on iTunes, look up Shadow Dog Productions, and please leave them a review. We appreciate yes. that. Yes. You supporting them keeps them supporting us, and that's always a good thing. Yes. Um, also, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rodimus Pride. I'm said that again. That is in DAT. Email the show, theblackouttips at gmail.com. Call the show, 704 557 0186. And uh, don't forget that we will uh, always respond to that stuff on Saturdays when we do our feedback show. Go to theblackouttips.com. Look on the right-hand side. There's a donate button. You can donate to the podcast. Help us keep trying to bring this podcast to you and living the dream and coming up with even better ways and better shit to spread the word for the show. Um, And uh, until next time, love you. You too.
Pussy with my-